Everybody, it is Tuesday. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, and that's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. Gunner, what's up, my man? How we doing? What's going on, my hoodie, brother? Oh, man, all good. All good. What's up, Twiz? What's up, Jim G? What's up, hoodie, what's hoodie? This is a... I'm representing... Uh, oh, your daughter. South Carolina, yes. Nice. Nice and comfortable, man. Nice and comfortable. Oh, so man. let me ask you this. So yeah. if... South Carolina plays Temple. Who are you rooting for? Mm. You got Temple. a daughter, South Carolina. Temple. Mater's Temple. Who are you rooting for? Temple. Because my son's a senior at Temple. I went to Temple. Okay. Two outweighs one. Now. Here's, here's the problem, though. Yeah. You hesitated when you answered. I had to think about it for a minute. Yeah. I I, I did have to think about it. But next year, when he's graduated, we'll see. It'll be 50-50. Not that they're going to ever play each other. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yes, there is a slight chance if there's some miracle happens in, at some point. What's up, Anthony? What is up, Philly Rob? What is up? I did think about it too long, Anthony. You're right. What's up, Jalen? Uh, what's up, Dablon boy? Uh, Jalen, so dope, King, Dank, Philly 559, John Dickerson, JM. What's up, guys? Uh, hope you're doing well out there, boy. Weird, weird night last night, Derek. Oh, my goodness! Oh, so we're oh. all cranked up for the game, everybody's excited. Jets, Bills, the hype. I thought they did an awesome job pregame. Props to, to MetLife Stadium with the way yes. they honored 9 11, you know, yeah. everything. Everything was just so well done. Rogers comes out of the tunnel with oh, a flag. I mean, it's like you just you just jacked up. Yeah, jacked up. Had literally their first series of the game. Three plays in, boom! It happens, and he goes down. Initially, you're like, eh, I don't know. It didn't really seem like much. I didn't. Because you know, I've seen him get fall like that and get hurt like that many times before. Yeah, right. Oh, a million times, a million times. Yeah. So you're thinking. All right, maybe he just kind of landed weird. He's 39 years old. It's going to take him a second. And then when he sat back down, it was like, ooh, uh oh, uh -oh, here we go. And then he clearly needed help getting off. And then you're coming back from the commercial break and you're getting reports that he's being carted to the locker room. Whenever the card comes out, you, you go, unless it's like a, obviously it's not good if it's a head injury either. But when you're talking about a lower extremity injury, it's a right. really bad thing. So, man. They come out, um, and and you're saying to yourself, this can't be. And then you hear, well, the initial report is the x-rays are negative, but 
And then everybody started speculating it was an Achilles. And it turns out it is official. He tore his Achilles. He's done for the season. And look, I have nothing. I have no love for the Jets. Uh, in fact, I got tired of Aaron Rodgers, but I thought he really kind of made a nice comeback here in the right, public right, right. specter. This sucks if you're a football fan. It just does. Um, not just a football fan, but a spe- let, let's let's broaden this a little bit. The the city of New York was jacked up because for the first time in a long time, they had two teams coming into the new season with a lot to beat their chest about. Yeah. The Giants were coming off a playoff appearance for the first time in years. And the Jets, since they finalized this trade for Aaron Rodgers, have been beating their chest. And Jets fans have been walking pridefully up and down the streets of New York. (laughs) Week one comes and goes. The Giants are the only team in week one that scores no points, gets embarrassed on national TV, and the Jets get sucker punched in the gut the next night on national TV, losing a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, I, I got I, I got mad respect for the city of New York right now, man. I feel for the city of New York right yeah, now. I do, too. I do, too. Um, I feel bad. You know how it is. Like, we live through it here in Philadelphia year. This I'm going back a long way, so I know there are people who won't remember. But Randall got hurt on the very first game of the season in, in – in, Green Bay. You yep. remember the game, Gunner. Yes. In 1991, Bryce Pop Absolutely. hit him. Boom, he was done for the year. Done. And, it, and it was like, as good as the Eagles defense was, and this Jets defense is phenomenal too, but it was like uh, everything got just just a pin in the balloon, man. And, and you're like, really? This soon? You can't even get a taste of what this was going to look like? It. Oh, man. It's a tough game. Yeah. I mean, the first week of the NFL has taken its toll on a lot of teams at key positions. I mean, you look at what happened with J.K. Dobbins, Jack Conklin, so on and so forth, the names across the board, players in concussion protocol, ACL sprains, ACL tears, uh, rib injuries. Look at the Eagles. They got several players with rib injuries, and I just tweeted out that uh, from what I'm being told, Fletcher Cox should be good to go Thursday night. Kenneth Gainwell is a wait-and-see issue. No update yet on Blankenship. So Blankenship has the ribs also, right? Yes, yeah. So the, the ribs the ribs are Fletcher, Gainwell, Blankenship, Bradbury in concussion protocol, and Dean out with the foot. See, so it, it is taking a toll uh, across the board in the National Football League. And did you see um, – now, this is interesting, and this has created some fire as well. Tone, I, Tone, I sent you guys that um, tweet from David Bakhtiari. Um, one of Rogers' best friends uh, in the NFL. Yep. And he tweeted out, Tone, I don't know if you can get it up real quick. I don't want to give it away if Tone can give it up. I'll let okay, Rob if you it. want me to read it, let me know, but I, I won't okay. give it away. It, it, okay, it, no, if you want to go ahead and read it, you know, Tone, that, that's fine. That's fine also. All right, whatever's but, uh, easiest, whatever whatever, whatever works. Um, but, but, you know, they're blaming it. You know, players want to blame it on turf. I have I have it if you want. Okay. So he, he says, um, congratulations at NFL. How many more players have to get hurt on artificial turf, all in caps? You care more about soccer players than us. You plan to remove all artificial turf for the World Cup coming up, so it's clearly feasible. I'm sick of this. Do better. I don't look. I don't like that stuff either, Derek. I don't. I don't know that it's the long term effects of it are healthy with those pellets and and all the other stuff that go on that we're you know the, we're breathing it. I say yeah. we. I, I mean the players. My kids played on that kind of stuff in high school yes. when they weren't playing on, you know, grass fields as well. 
uh, and it's it's troubling, man. It, it is, and and that field especially has a history and is notorious yeah. for there being a lot of of injuries. Like that that that's a problem, man. It, it it is. It's a problem, and I'm not saying it couldn't have happened under any other circumstance or whatever the case may be, but uh, you just hate it, man. You hate it for Rodgers. You hate it for the game. Yeah. You hate it for the Jets. It, you know, and it turned out they, they showed a lot of guts last night because a lot of teams would have folded tent yeah, after Rodgers went down. Yeah, they would have. You know, uh, a lot of players have been screaming about this fake turf for decades. But a few people put out an interesting point to counterpoint. And it's just generic fans, not experts, saying basically, wait a minute, Dobbins and Conklin go, both got hurt on, on natural grass. Right. So the studies have shown that while turf – does increase the possibility of you getting hurt more seriously in general. Natural grass, you, you don't avoid injuries playing on natural grass either. Yeah, so it's, it's with Anthony, uh, just just uh, yeah, a retweeted data to provide that shows that non contact injuries occur more on turf than grass. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, th- that's I the thing. I, I'm when you have a sport like football, they're unfortunately, it's anything we see it. We see it in the NBA, guy makes a cut, his ACL goes right. We, we, you see it in all sports where there is non contact injuries. Hoskins this year for the Phillies was a non contact tours ACL on, on natural grass. Not saying it doesn't happen, but it seems like there is a more of a proclivity for it to happen on that turf specifically at that place yeah. than it does other places. But but you know, I, I again I haven't done a full blown study on it either. To well, be fair. The, big, the biggest problem is turf has no give. The human right. body was not made to move as fast as it does in in a in, in football games. Period. Stop on a dime. Redirect yourself. Right. Um. And, and pirouette in a lot of cases. And it's like a, a collision course waiting to happen with the body. The yep. turf has no give. Even when they put those pellets in on the turf, they say that, that helps give you more of a give. No, not really. No, it doesn't. You know, not really. It doesn't. Unless the surface is wet. When you're playing on a dry surface like that, no, it doesn't. You're asking a body, 200, 300 pound men, run full speed in various directions, stop pirouette. <clears throat> the body was not made to do that. And we're seeing an increase. These players are getting bigger faster, more muscular. Look at some of the offensive linemen and how muscular they were. Usually, back in the day, offensive linemen were just like big guys. They weren't built. These guys, offensive and defensive linemen nowadays are jacked up, you know, just like position players. You know I mean? Skill position players. So, your muscle was not, your muscles were not made to take that sudden impact. Boom. Like, the, and it happens all the time. That's why you see, that's a big reason why you see more frequent injuries like the ACLs, no the, the quad injury, so on and so forth. Yeah, you know, it, I don't know what the solution is because both are a problem, even more so than back in the day in the seventies and eighties. Well, those guys back in the seventies and eighties weren't that fast, weren't as fast across the board. Look at the modern era player, Rob. You got three hundred plus pound guys running four six forties now, right? I mean, and then all of a sudden, imagine that kind of weight moving full speed, stop and redirect. Something's got to give. It does. It does. And unfortunately, you know, you, you wonder 39 years old, is he going to be able to come back from this that, you know, the whole nine, but to, to the game itself. And then obviously we're going to, here's what we're going to hear, by the way, with Rogers being out, you're going to hear Tom Brady. You're going to hear oh, Carson oh. Wentz because there's a history with Carson Wentz and Joe Douglas. You're, you're yeah, going to just get ready. There's some of the names. I think Matt Ryan would be a smart play for them. Actually. I think Matt Ryan, if Matt Ryan is a quarterback, he was, if he could get himself back to the quarterback he was two years ago, 
I think Matt Ryan would be the perfect addition to that Jets because I'm going to tell you something. That Jets defense I saw last night, that Jets defense that was a top five defense last year, Yep. that defense is just as nasty as the 49ers defense. They're really good. They're nasty. I mean, across the board, there isn't a weakness. Their linebackers are nasty. Their safeties and corners are good. Their defensive line is phenomenal. I mean, they're going to have to win. They're going to have to take the ball away like they did last night to win games. Yes. You know, because – and I think the Jets will open it up a little bit more. In fairness, the offense they're running is geared towards Rodgers' skill sets. Now yes. Nathaniel Hackett is going to have to gear it towards Zach Wilson's skill sets. And you, at some point, you're going to have to trust him to let it rip down the field. It was a lot of, smartly, I don't blame them for this, handoffs, short yardage kind of thing. Yep. And yep. by the way, one of the best catches you will ever see in your life by oh, Garrett Wilson on that touchdown. Oh. Insane oh, level of difficulty on that. Now, you know why he was that rookie of the year last year, that offensive yeah. rookie of the year? That dude's insane. Now, his numbers his numbers are going to suffer, unfortunately, because of, we don't know who's quarterbacking. You know, Zach Wilson, I'll give him credit, came in in an emergency. He made one glaring mistake, threw one ball down the middle that was picked. He shouldn't have thrown. Outside of that, Zach Wilson played okay. He yeah. didn't cost him the game. No, he know? didn't. He, I give him credit. Like, like a lot of guys would have panicked. And, and what a, he he had he did have the one bad throw, but I thought other than that he did a pretty decent job of just keeping his team in the game. Now the defense yeah. won the game. The defense won the game, but he did a good enough job of just doing his thing. And and again, I thought he was composed in a situation where maybe last year he isn't composed. So maybe he grew a little bit. And uh, we do a lot of joking about him on the show. I'll give him some credit. I thought he he came in there and hung in there. I mean. Um, it was 14 of 21. It's all you can ask. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't bad. And let's go to the flip side of that, Derek. Uh, you know, Josh Allen is in full-blown hero mode oh every time he drops back. Not only with awful decision-making with turnovers, he's going to get himself killed. I, I can't – if one more person says to me, oh, he's 6'4", 240, I don't care how big he is. He keeps challenging these dudes. It's going to be over. He won't finish the year. I've told you guys so many times, I said the thing I don't like about his game is I've seen him too many times run down the middle of the field and instead of sliding to preserve his body, he will lower his shoulder and engage a would-be tackler. Now right. you're talking about, and let me tell you something, defensive players don't like quarterbacks as it is because they feel the league protects them too much. Mm -hmm. So anytime, so since the rule states that once he advances the ball, he is a ball carrier and you can hit him. Yeah. Their dudes looking to take shots on somebody like a Josh Allen. Yep. I mean, just quarterbacks in general. But if a quarterback is going to try to come up and challenge you, and a defensive player knows this, a defensive player is not going to want a quarterback to embarrass him on TV. He's going to take his best shot. Well, even last night, like at one point, he jumps in the air and, and then gets yeah. spiked down to the turf. Like, dude, just go down. Like Aikman was saying it, just go down. And – you know, I know Sean McDermott at one point, and they, I wish, you know, sometimes the, the, the broadcast, I think, are afraid to get into things too much or read into too much or whatever. Like, Sean McDermott's going like this to him. Yeah. Like, he wasn't even hiding it. Like, yeah. dude, you got to be smarter. I, I'm telling you, Derek, he, no way he finishes the year unless he wises up. But, but beyond that, three picks and a fumble, the, he's regressing. He's going the wrong way. He'll make spectacular plays like the touchdown. What was it? The digs or whatever. It was a great yeah. play, but he's, he mixes one spectacular in with like three awful. It, it feels like with him now.
What what did he tell what did he tell the general consensus during the offseason? I've diligently studied my flaws from last year. I will be a much more improved improved quarterback this year. He comes out of the gate and threw three horrible picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. You're right. He's trying to play that hero ball again. And he doesn't have to because he has the talent around him. Offensive line, wide receivers, running back. He has the talent around him. He's he's a, he's a liability right now. I mean, I know it's the first game. They'll work work things out. But Last night he was the biggest liability of Buffalo. No question about that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and you allowed what they did was they allowed the Jets to hang around. And they hung around. And you know, and the game ends in historical fashion, Derek, in overtime, punt return. It's only happened three times in the history of the NFL, uh, which is pretty remarkable, you know, when you think about it. And people may say, well, Deshaun's one of them. No, Deshaun was regulation. You remember that 2010 game against the Giants? The one that he took to the house was yep. regulation, not overtime. So anyway, um, I, I give the Jets credit because most teams, when they have that enormity of an injury and face, let's face it, they all knew he wasn't coming back and he's probably done. They didn't they didn't fall apart. And it's and yeah. it makes me question yeah. what the what the bills are all about, too. And I know that was a good defense, but I really do question it. Yeah, and, and like I said, I know it's week one, and we're, we're not going to overanalyze everything because we know everything across the board was sloppy in week number one. But but the, but the Buffalo Bills' defense is not as good as when Von Miller is on that field. Yep, He is a game changer from the, coming off that edge. It changes the whole complexion of their scheme because the offensive line has a slide yep. to double him up or have somebody chip him on that, slide, on that side. Um I hate to stir the pot, but you mentioned the 65-yard punt return. And once that kid planted his foot, Xavier Gibson, and changed direction, I'm sitting there with my wife, and I said, he's taking us to the house. She goes, how do you know this? I said, watch. You see the entire Buffalo Bills coverage team flow this way. He stuck his foot in the ground, went one way, and went back the other way. Now, the refs did miss the the tripping call on that key block down the sideline. They missed it. They did. You're right. He did. And I'm thinking twofold. Number one, can you imagine if the Eagles had a punt returner like that? <laughs> and number two, when that house erupted the way it did, it took yeah. me back to that AFC championship game, uh, to the AFC playoff game between the Steelers um, and, and the Raiders on the Immaculate Reception. Yep. And one of the multiple stories that came out of that game through the years is it took the refs forever to make a decision. They huddled up. They talked about it. And our, some, and some, some noted people in, in, in Pittsburgh said that the refs asked the police, if we change this call, will you get us out of here? Yes, yes. And the police said no. And they said, touchdown. <laughs> the heck out of well, they were – remember, yeah, they were in the dugout. It was it was the, you know, the multi-purpose stadiums. Yes. So they're in the – and they're in the dugout, and they're like, do we have a way to get out of here? And they're yes. like, not really. No, okay. No. It stands. <laughs> John Madden's like, what? <laughs> Could you imagine if the if the refs had reversed that call? Oh, dude. Because you clearly see on the replay, there's a ref standing right out, 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 out of bounds as, as Gibson's coming down the sideline, yeah. has a clear view of the blocker who makes the key block, rolls, and throws his leg up. But there's no tripping call. And the, uh-huh. and the announcers on the game last night, they make note of it. And still, there's no call on this thing. I'm thinking, these refs, these refs want to get out of Dodge 
<laughs> the way they came in. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Well, it, the other the other thing is that kid's a great story. Uh, the Gibson oh, kid. Oh. So I I didn't see. I guess he was. I, I guess I missed that one. But he was featured on Hard Knocks. Yes. And he was a like a last cut kind of guy. Like he was a survival kind of guy. Um, and you know he ends up not only making the team but dressing and being your punt returner and fitting on such a wacky night that he ends up being, you know, the guy who, who, who was the hero. The funny thing is you go to the hard knocks episode, they call him in the office and it's Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. So he sits down and uh, Joe Douglas starts by saying, uh, Hey, uh, how do you feel about your camp? You know, I feel I've did pretty good. And he goes, you know, you, you've done some great things and you know how difficult it is to make this team as a receiver because of all the receivers and the kids going, yeah, I know. He said, but I uh, just want you to know, you're a New York Jet. And it's not even, I'm not even related to the kid. I don't even know the kid, but I was like, yes. Yeah. You know, I got a chill just watching that, man, because it looks like they were setting up to tell him to break and break his heart that you just didn't have what it takes, kid. And you see the, 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 the grin on this young man's face, man. And it's like the greatest underdog story ever. Right. You know, I think I don't even know if he was drafted or was he a low draft? I think he was undrafted too. He was an undrafted player. Else. Yeah, Make, yeah. Makes the roster. And has the defining play Impressive. on Monday Night Football, the first game of the season. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome, man. And that's look. You know what it is? It gives you both ends of the spectrum. Like you, it, it's so devastating. You feel so bad for Jets fans and football fans. Yes. The, with Rogers, right on one end of it, and then the other end of it is this kid making the most out of a shot, out of an opportunity. Oh my goodness! And he ends up taking it to the house. It really is. It's like full circle, man. It's like it's. It's why we watch this stuff. It's why it's better than any of the reality shows that there are. It, it, you, people ask you all the time, what do you love about sports? Well, it's, it's because it's so unpredictable. It really is. There yeah. are so many things that you're going to see yeah. during the course of a game or a season or whatever that you're like, either you haven't seen before or you're like, damn, that's cool. And, and I know neither one of us care about the Jets, but if you love right. sports, yes. you love the moment, that what, what happened last night. It, it, it's Sports is so unscripted you know, yeah. unscripted. You can't, you can't, people talk about sports is rigged. You can't predict a grand slam home run walk off to win a game, a corner shot. Uh, look at um, look, uh, Kawhi Leonard making right. a corner shot against the 76ers that bounces around the rim three times before it goes into, in the game. Mm -hmm. You can't script this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, the punt return of Kadaris Tony in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, Xavier Gibson last night, the immaculate reception, a miracle in the Meadowlands. So, you know, miracle, in, you know, in, in Tennessee Stadium. Yeah. You can't, you can't, it's like when you have so much even, especially when the competition is even, man. It's like you want your team to win if you're emotionally invested. But it's the unexpected, unknown elements of what's going to happen. Yeah. We, we sit and we analyze things inside and out, all of us do across the country. And there's always an unwritten script that you don't even account for that just heightens, you know, what we get to see at that particular moment. Well, yeah, what you also wonder is, too, and, and I know, look, it's it's first game versus, uh, God, I think it was like the 13th game, but how does a team respond? The Eagles in 2017 responded to the point where they, they ended up winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. How do the Jets respond? Are they going to fold? Is that defense going to look at it and say, we got to put it on our back, boys, every single week? and get this team to the finish line. I, yeah. I don't know, man. Now all of a sudden the AFC East, you know, with the bills losing and they, they just, they, they, there's something about the bills, man, that just is off. 
Tua goes crazy, but you wonder if Tua can stay healthy. Rodgers out now. You know, England looks mediocre. It's like, man, that you're looking at that division a lot different than we looked at at it just a week ago. Just based on week one, if Tua stays healthy, that division is Miami's to win or lose now. Plain Mm -hmm. and simple. If Mm -hmm. Tua stays healthy, Miami, to me, is the front runner in that division. You don't have you don't have a person on the planet that can cover Tariq Hill. Oh God! And and the man only completed twenty eight passes for four hundred and sixty six yards. Mm-hmm. And if Jalen Waddle, and that's a big if, that's a big if for any team. But if they keep that personnel healthy, who can stop that Dolphins offense? No, I, if he stays healthy, they can't. I can't wait to see the Jets play the that Jets defense play that Dolphins offense. Yeah, that's the game I w- I would love to see. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So here's what we have today with Adam Kaplan, uh, who I can't wait to talk to inside birds is going to be joining us at one o'clock and we'll, we'll go through the Eagles. We'll go through the Vikings. We'll hit him with all the big things around the NFL, including Aaron Rodgers. But when we come back, let's dig into the Eagles and what we saw on Sunday, Derek, the, the offense and the defense, what needs to improve. We'll, we'll, again, we'll, we'll pass along what's going on injury wise with the Eagles quick week, quick turnaround here. Cause they're playing on Thursday. So, no time for the no rest for the weary here, as they say. That's for sure. So let's get a quickie and we'll come back. We will uh, set our sights on the birds when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. First of all, kudos to Bravo Pizza, man, for all the great work they did in conjunction with Team Foster yesterday. 12% of their proceeds, both at Bravo Pizza of Havertown and Oxford yesterday went to Team Foster, which provides service dogs for our military men and women. And it's just absolutely awesome what they did yesterday. So kudos to everybody there at Bravo. Uh, I've been going there since I was a kid. Alex and the the crew have owned Bravo Pizza since 1985. They just have unbelievable food and great service. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. I love the grandma pizza, which is the upside down. Uh, They have specialized pizza any way you want it. They will make it. But it's not just pizza. It's fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, and salads. Mention how committed they are to the community, whether it's Team Foster, whether it's schools, whether it's Little Leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of, at the Bravo Pizza of for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call, 610 646-3810, 610-446-3810, 446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondly hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Alright, welcome back in Everybody, appreciate you hanging with us We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network That's That handsome man is Derek Gunn, just like he wrote it uh, I am Rob Ellis Hanging out with you on this Tuesday Hi, hi Derek hi. Hello there Robert Stout Hello, just hello there uh, I know you you had a fun day with, with with one of the little ones today. Derek and I were going over some stuff for the show, and he I could hear him going crazy and doing his thing, man, keeping you on your toes. I love hey, it. Hey, look, man, these, these two-year-old uh, granddaughter and her one-year-old brother, first of all, he tears up everything he can get his hands on. So while I'm talking to you on the phone, right. he jumps on my lap, and he wants to when he wants to kiss you, it's open mouth, he wants to kiss you, right? <laughs> So I'm trying to talk to you, and I'm kissing him at the same time. And then I put him down while I'm talking to you. I put you yeah. on speaker. I put him down. His two-year-old sister walks up behind him with these magnetic tiles that we have that you can build blocks and stuff with and whacks him in the back of the head with it. <laughs> and then I turn around. Five seconds later, she's got him in a full Nelson like this, and he's standing like this. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm laughing at him. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Then she takes a lot of the tiles because there's like 100 of them. And while I'm talking to you, I, I put this gate around the family room so they both couldn't get out. She's standing there looking at me, and she's taking the tiles one by one and throwing them in the kitchen. And she's smiling, right? And so she knows I'm not going to say anything until I get off the phone. So I open the gate. Right. Go get, them, go get all of them. Make her bring them all back in. Okay, Tata. She goes back and gets all of them. And then the next time, she's sitting on the floor. She's throwing them out of the crate. My brother catches a couple right across the forehead. Pee. <laughs> Dude, it's like it's like Keystone cops around my house, man. Oh my God, man! I don't know. I don't know how you're doing it, man. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> you don't have any injuries yourself. 
No, just just emotional scars. That's all just I got. Lack just of the sleep. kind, of, just the ones on the inside. <laughs> yeah, just the ones on the inside. Look, <laughs> lack of sleep. Um, a, a a master's degree in in patience and endurance. And then when my son-in-law wakes up because he's the RN and he comes down to get them for me, and he's sitting and he's feeding them, and the little guy, he doesn't want the spaghetti. He loves spaghetti, but he sees these dino nuggets, right? Oh God. So he's pitching a fit because dad's not giving them dino nuggets fast enough. Meanwhile, the little sister's over there scarfing down, just scarfing down spaghetti. I look at him and I said, dude, I had three kids. We had three kids in a little under four years. Right. And there were times when my wife had to go away and I had to take all three by myself. Dude, I was like a hockey goalie trying to keep pucks in play, man. I'm telling you. Because yeah. at one point, my kids were like four, two, and one. <laughs> like, dude, it, it wasn't easy. But you get you get you look back and laugh later in life, but right now he just walked. He, he goes, I don't know how I ended up in this position. <laughs> oh my god, I know, I know. Look, I had two, I had to play man to man. You had oh. to play zone, that's tough. So Not easy. Hey, look, Rob, I always tell people, you know, they say the average is you know, um, two, two to 2.5 kids in a white house with a picket fence. I say, you know, I appreciate the family that has two kids, but I say, you know what, that's easy because, like you just said, I've always said. You know, you got two kids. You can play man-to-man defense. When you have three or more, you got to go to zone defense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Zone's a whole different story, oh, man. That's a whole different ball game. No, it is. It is. Oh my god! All right. So, uh, let just to recap: Eagles injuries. The uh, Kobe Dean we know is going to be out. Yeah. James Bradbury in concussion protocol with a Thursday game. I'm not well, saying see, anything's definitive, yeah. but it, it ain't good. Uh, let's put it Sirianni that came out and said he said it's not it's probably not possible to get him turned around because of concussion protocol. Right. So he's out. Yep. And that you know, again, you're dealing with Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, the kid, the, the kid they drafted, Addison, can play, and you're dealing with a really good tight end. So just keep that in mind. But then you also have Fletcher Cox ribs, Gainwell ribs, Blankenship rib. Man, three guys with rib injuries. Yeah, still, still waiting to get an update on Blankenship, but uh, like I told you off the top of the show, uh, Fletcher should be good to go. Uh, Gainwell is wait and see day to day with his okay. rib. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's where we're at right now uh, with the injuries. As as they're again, they're trying to just speed up the process, and both teams have to deal with it. It's not just the Eagles, but let's look back here, Derek. They so they put up twenty five points against the Patriots, but thirteen of those directly come off turnovers, basically. Yeah. Um, the offense didn't like the world on fire. It, it looked, as we said, choppy, non-rhythmic. It looked like they maybe uh, were moving away from as many RPOs. Maybe that was just a game plan. Um, certain guys not involved, Goddard, Swift, uh, et cetera, just generally didn't have the feel that we had for most weeks last year when Jalen Hurts was in there. And and and, and I will say, too, I, I thought he had Goddard a couple times and, and didn't didn't go to him. So everybody sort of wears this one, Derek. Well, that's, that's directly because Belichick's defensive scheme totally frustrated this offense. You know, Belichick's scheme is about illusions, making you think you see one thing and all of a sudden when the ball snap is something completely different. And the Eagles had a difficult time trying to compensate for that. Luckily they weren't playing an offensive team close to their firepower. Um, And even with that said in the fourth quarter, twice uh, the Patriots had a chance to move down the field and strike. You know, they failed to convert on a fourth down situation. And then, of course, they had back-to-back, like, false start penalties. that cost them in another situation. And then, of course, their last play, which was a perfectly thrown ball, the tight end did get his feet down out of bounds to keep that drive alive, game over, plain and simple. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I want to see now how many more defenses try to emulate some of the things that Belichick did. You know, I don't think Minnesota has the, the same personnel that the Patriots do, uh, but there's some other teams. I cannot wait to see the Eagles play this Jets defense. Oh, Even man. though I think the Eagles are going to win now that Rodgers is out for the season, um, I can't wait to see this Eagles offense go up against this defense. This defense is a nightmare. Yeah. But but Belichick did his job. You know, he knew he was at a deficit. But what did he do? He had seven months to study this Eagles offense, and he did a great job. You're right. The offense accounted for, what did you say, 13 points? What, what was it? Basically, yeah, it, it, yeah. Eight, 12 points. 12 points. You know, interception gets one touchdown. Kicker gets nine points. So this offense came out of the gate sluggish, still found a way to survive overall as a team. They've got to build on this in a short amount of time against a pretty good offensive opponent, but opponent an, an opponent that's suspect on defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting Thursday night. At yeah. home, season opener at home, house is going to be electric, national TV. They're going to want to put on a show Thursday night. I'm What I'm wondering is – how much of that was okay? Like, there's a lot of things that go into your thought with the way the offense went about things. One, how much were they trying to counter what Belichick was doing? How much is that a concerted effort to to keep Jalen out of harm's way a little bit more? How much of it was just poor execution? It's week one. Uh, guys simply didn't make plays. You know, Jalen, etc. I, I mean, I don't know right now if, if it. You start to get worried if it looks the same next or this Thursday because this Minnesota team is not nearly as good defensively as the uh, the Patriots. No, no, <clears throat> no. It, it um, I, I think I think in this case because it was so out of what we thought we would see from this offense. I think in this case, as, as AJ Brown said after the game, because the Patriots gave so many different looks that we didn't expect. You know, they couldn't over they couldn't overcome what Belichick was doing. Brian Flores is a good defensive coordinator. I don't know if he can come up with a scheme similar to what Belichick did on a short turnaround and and, help, and hopefully have Minnesota have the same measure of success. I really don't. But I think in this case, it was the Eagles offense trying to figure out what the Patriots were doing and had to alter on the fly in many cases. Now, we've talked uh, um, in depth about Jalen um, – eyeing his primary target a little too much and missing Goddard and other people wide open as spots on the field. So I expect they've gone over this on, on the film yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and they'll, they'll do a better job of that. Will it be much more efficient than it was against the Patriots? Uh, I, I, I don't know, because if, if game was out, then, then who steps up? I mean, obviously Penny's going to be activated. I still want to know why Penny was a healthy scratch. I, I still Swift's got to be the feature if that's the case, right? Well, I mean, he's got to be the feature. Yes. Yeah. You know, no question about it. So yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I, you know, here's let me. I, the other thing I failed to put in there we, that we should discuss is, you know, is is Brian Johnson st- still feeling his way through this? Like, you know, we assumed because there's so much talent that everything's just going to come off very smoothly and they're going to be a 30 point per game team like they were last year, 28, whatever it was. And maybe some of this is we have to give him a little bit of time to grow into the role. Also, like we're going to have to give Sean Desai. I I agree. Um, I think, I think Brian Johnson is doing a little soul searching because it it wasn't as fluid 
um, as he wanted it to be that first game. And let's face it, he was matched up against the goats of defensive, you know, uh, designs. And that's a little overwhelming at times. You know, he's not going to face a whole lot more Belichick's this season. You know, anybody comes close to Belichick. So um, I, I'm sure he's going to revamp his game plan. I'm sure he, him and Sirianni have sat behind closed doors um, for hours going over, okay, in this situation you did this, but maybe you should have done that. So I, I expect to see a more fluidity in this offense uh, come Thursday night. You know, and, it, and that's why I'm glad it's, they're playing Thursday. As much as players hate this short turnaround – Players do not, the NFLPA, players do not like to go on from Sunday to Thursday. From a fan perspective, from a media perspective, we love it because we don't have to wait a full seven days before the next game. See, we'll have four games. You know, we'll have two games in a span of four days to break down, right. obviously, yeah, which will carry us into the weekend. And they don't even play till Monday night the following week. I know. It's an extra day, in fact. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. All right, so let's go to the defense here. Um so let me start by saying a lot of good, uh, a lot of good from the young guys, a lot of good from Jalen Carter, a lot of good from Jordan Davis that we saw. I mean, huge positives. Uh, Carter immediately making an impact. Jordan Davis made more of an impact in that game Sunday than he made in any single game last year, in my opinion. Yeah, that's huge. If those two are ready to be those two guys right away, I mean, that is it's going to go a long way because they're just going to get better, better, and better. If yeah, that is what's to come. The future of the Eagles' deep tackle position is in good hands with uh, Davis and Carter. Carter getting consistent pressure, making uh, Mac Jones very uncomfortable, move his feet a lot, and he got got one sack in his first game as well. Um, if that's a sample of what we're going to see from Carter all season, he is going to be a monster, and he will continue to be my, one of my lead candidates for defensive rookie of the year, no question about that. Um, Jordan Davis, obviously, he knows he has a lot to prove. And he went out and he really played a good game in terms of you know plugging the gaps, uh, commanding two gaps. Uh, in a lot of situations, they let other guys come in and fill the gaps and run situations because the, the Patriots running game was virtually non-existent, to be honest. Mm -hmm. you know, and if that is the case, if we can get that consistency from those two guys, that takes a lot of pressure off Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams. Huge. I mean, huge what, what that's able to do. I, and I thought Fletcher played well. Uh, also, the problem is, Derek, the, the next level after them, and it's the linebackers, and you're already going to be without N'Kobe Dean. Now you throw Christian Ellis in there to go with Zach Cunningham. Cunningham had the fumble recovery, but I thought other than that, it was a struggle for, for Zach Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. You know, no. and I just foresee teams attacking the middle in a lot of different ways, whether it's tight ends, uh, whether it's slant passes, whatever. Yes. I think that's something – that's something I think Minnesota is going to test in a big way. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, guys setting down in holes in the middle of the field. That's why it's imperative that front puts a lot of heat on Kirk Cousins because Cousins is not going to scramble around like Mac Jones did. Yeah. You know, Cousins, for all the numbers that he puts up, you'll see Cousins, when he feels pressure, he'll start to curl up. Instead of staying in there, standing in there, you know, like Mac Jones did and trying to wait for somebody to come open, you'll see Cousins curl up a little bit soon sometimes. And hopefully the Eagles get to him early to make that make him feel very uncomfortable the entire game, which disrupt the disrupts the timing between him and his uh, his wide receivers. And when you have guys like Justin Jefferson and his kid Jordan Addison on the other side, especially if Bradbury's not playing, that is not a good sign. Not a good sign. And look, the Eagles put together a nice blueprint last year. Uh, uh, they did a really good job. Justin Jefferson was held to 
it was less than 50 yards receiving, which yep. doesn't happen very often in, in Justin yeah. Jefferson's career. They did a it great does, job. It tells you the fact that he had 1,800 yards receiving for the season and led the NFL, but he got less than 50 yards here in Philadelphia. That tells you how, how much they were able to shut him down. Can yeah. they do that again this year? Oh, I know. I know. I know. It, look, it's it's a there's a million dollar question there. There there's no doubt. There is no doubt. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at so six receptions, 48 yards, Derek, last year. Um, they were one for four in the red zone. They were four for 12 on third down efficiency. Cousins had three interceptions. Like the Eagles' defense swallowed them whole last year. Yeah. Um, but obviously, not everybody's still here from last year and we're still learning you know what this Eagles defense is and I just maybe it's just me I I you can look at it one of two ways you could say the Eagles have a good game plan against Jefferson or you could say a dude like that's not going to be held down two games in a row I don't think I would expect a much bigger game from Jefferson the question is can you just contain him enough and force the others into mistakes and and their running game last week against Tampa stunk they had no running game they were they were a one-dimensional team that's what the Eagles need to do. This is where you could see Sweat and Hassan Reddick and those guys eat Brandon Graham on the edges if Minnesota gets very predictable and one-dimensional. No, no, absolutely. Um, I wonder to what degree that thumb is affecting Hassan Reddick. Um, he had his quickness, but in terms of getting his hands on the shoulder pads of tackles and trying to move them one way or the other for him to attack, I wonder to what degree that bothered him, if any. And, of course, you know, each and every week you hope it gets better. You hope it doesn't re-injure it. Um, but the Vikings are going to try to dump the ball off to the backs, too. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, about their linebackers covering backs coming out of the backfield. You know, um, I'm curious to see now that they're going to have a revamped linebacking core, how that comes into play. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, Cunningham is is a good linebacker in terms of coming up for, on running plays. He's, he's so-so in terms of pass coverage, you know. And now Christian Ellis, who had a good camp and a good preseason, um, I want to—I don't know what he's going to look like now. And he had a, a battle for 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 a full sixty-minute game. I, you don't know. Uh, no, you don't know. That's the thing. We come—you come away. It's funny. You come away from week one almost with more question marks than you had going into week one. You know, yeah. I mean, you're you're even thinner at linebacker now, and we still don't know that the the guy the other guys can play. Um, you know, you saw some good things, certainly, as we mentioned right off the top defensively on your interior defensive line, but there are other things that you wonder about altogether. We still don't know exactly. And I don't think we'll know for a while in fairness to them, what these coordinators are all about. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you go into this Minnesota games, kind of scratch your head. You like that they're home. I I, I think it's going to go a long way, Derek, that they didn't necessarily play well, but they right. also survived right. it. So yep. there isn't an element of we know we have to be better. This is that they're an accountable group. The Eagles are. Yeah. And I think they, they they may not say, hey, we feel fortunate, but I think they feel fortunate. You know what I mean? I, I think they feel fortunate they won that game. Oh, they do. There's no question about it. They know it, it, uh, their belief is we didn't come close to playing like we expected to play. Right. But yet we found a way to escape with a W. Now let's keep building on that as they did last year coming out of Detroit. And look at what they did last year. Um, even though I believe they're going to beat the Jets now just based on the fact that Rodgers is done, um, it's still a tough schedule to face. There's no question about that. You know, unless all of these prime quarterbacks fall by the wayside, they've still got a tough tough road to go um, in, in terms of 
trying to get to where they want to go. Um, but health is a pro- health is going to be key. And we're already seeing a number of key players nicked up that we didn't see last year. You know, see, and I hope this doesn't become an epidemic because, Rob, if it does, you're going to hear me say I'm having flashbacks to 2005. And, and I don't want that to happen. But yeah. you already got your middle linebacker down with a foot injury from three to four weeks. Your cornerback's out with concussion protocol. You got three defensive players with uh, dealing with rib, or two defensive players dealing with rib injuries. Yeah. Your running back is iffy. Your safety is iffy right now. So if you go into this Minnesota game, think about this. Let's say Blankenship is out. Yep. You could be looking at Slay, possibly um, the young kid, Sidney Brown. Yep. Um, you got uh, Evans. As your Evans other- uh, uh, yeah, right. Uh, Justin Evans, who started last week. You're yes. going to see Terrell Edmonds. Yes. And then Joe, Job on the outside, on the other side. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's that, you know, as athletic as Sydney is, that's still a makeshift back, back into your defense. Right. The, the fear with Sydney is like, you know, he's going to come up on run support and blow somebody up or hit a receiver. Like, there's no doubt physicality is, is going to be there. The question is, is he going to, is he going to be baited into something? Is he going to make a mistake? Is he going to bite on a play action? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that they, they use his aggression against him is what you worry about. With yes. a young player like that. And that's why it's imperative the front keeps as much heat on Cousins when he steps back to pass as possible. Because if he pump fakes and he's still holding that ball, waiting for somebody to get free, I don't like those odds. Here's the other thing, too, Derek. Other than Carter and Davis, the, the defensive line, in my opinion, especially the edge guys, didn't do enough against the depleted Patriot offensive line. No. That, that can't be the same thing this week. So the, the Vikings are dealing with some stuff, too, here. So – their center, Garrett Bradbury, has a back injury. Uh, their left tackle, Christian uh, Darasal, has an ankle. Um, you know, and they go to the other side, uh, Marcus Davenport's dealing with an ankle, their, their edge yeah. guy. But they have yeah. two <clears throat> banged up offensive linemen, too. This can't be a week where you're not getting home if you're the edge guys. Like, I, I want to see Reddick. No. I want to see Sweat. I want to see BG get in there. You don't, you, you don't want to see Cousins standing there. Free of will pumping the ball. No, he'll, he'll pick you apart. Yeah, yeah, he will. Somebody's coming free, whether right. it's Hawkinson, whether it's Jefferson or Addison. Somebody's coming free. If he's back there 1,003, 1,004, and he's patting the ball just watching the field, somebody's coming free. You have yeah. got to get heat on him up the middle. And because I don't think he can beat the Eagles to the outside, flowing to the outside. I think their edge guys are too fast for him on the outside. That includes Reddick, Sweat, and Nolan Smith. And even, even my guy, old man Brandon Graham, they're too fast for him to try to get to the outside, you know. But if he's standing in that pocket and he's pumping the ball on a three count or a four count, that does not bode well for a defense that's going to have to plug some gaps health-wise as it is. Well, and it, look, as much as the we talked about it being a learning lesson for the Eagles, it was, and it was the best-case scenario because you also got to win, Vikings lost at home, right? And, and they're going to come in here pretty ticked off. Right. And, and understanding what they did, what they didn't do. It was a game where, you know, again, Cousins turned the ball over a bunch. They couldn't establish a run game at all. They have a new defensive coordinator and Brian Flores, who's a good defensive coordinator. Yeah. Problem is, yeah. does he have enough talent on yeah. that side of the ball? So, I mean, you're going to, you're going to also see a, a big time sense of urgency. Look, I know teams have recovered from O2 starts. Cincinnati's done it, you know, a couple times, whatever. That's hard in this league, you know, because that division's probably only getting one gunner. No, yeah, there's no question about it. And on, top, yeah. on top of that, you don't want to potentially fall two games behind both Detroit and Green Bay. Right. You know, now that's obviously based on what they, what those two teams do on Sunday. But still, 
there's a possibility of the Vikings lose that game. They're 0-2 and can fall two games behind early in the season behind those two teams. That's not where you want to be. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, and, and look, I, I wonder too, I'm not saying like right away, but do you wonder if the offense looks stagnant, will Nick get more involved here? It's not to say he doesn't call plays every once in a while or veto something or say, or make suggestions and all that. But I, you know, he clearly lets Steichen do his thing. Do you think he would get a little bit more involved with, with Brian since he just did the, the inexperience? Yeah. If he's seeing things, that Brian's not seeing. I expect him to either get in Brian's ear or to make play suggestions. Absolutely. This is his offense. This is his playbook. You know, he allowed Steichen to run it and, and put his twist on it. And Steichen did a great job with it in, in keeping it an unpredictable offense. And he's doing the same thing with Brian Johnson. But if you find out that in the span of four days that it's not working to your, to your like, yes, he's going to get in there. Absolutely, he's got to get in there. And, and make suggestions, or he might take over play calling periodically, certain down and distance situations. I was I was really surprised, honestly, like that he brought up the preseason thing, the approach. Yeah. That surprised me. I really thought that he would just kind of lay low. I mean, it's one game, but you know, maybe it really troubled him that he felt like they were just that that off sync. I really do. If that if that offense looked discombobulated to us. Imagine from a coaching perspective, especially after looking at film or watching it, it, it watching it uh, produce or lack thereof in a game. And I don't blame him yeah. for, for taking that approach because we've been saying it all along. How do you expect this office or this team in general to hit the ground running fluid when you haven't played them in a game? Mm-hmm. You know, you can talk about these control scrimmages against opponents all you want, but you control those those narratives. And you can blow the whistle early so nobody gets seriously hurt. But when you're playing every down to the ground full speed, that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and I'm and i not surprised he said that. Maybe I have to need to reevaluate this in terms of getting my guys sharper coming out of the gate. Which, good. But I wonder how Howie feels about that. And we know ultimately this is a group decision. It's not a solo mm-hmm. decision for Nick. Let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Adam Kaplan. Can't wait to talk to Adam, man. Uh, a, a lot to discuss, not only with the Eagles, but around the NFL with the happenings last night. Just, just unbelievable. We'll discuss all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Oh, man, I can tell you, it is very difficult. I can tell you from personal experience how hard it is to find the right person to trust with your finances and whether it's retirement planning 401k review insurance review you might have a small business and you need help with employee benefits it's another resource that jim can help you with i personally have entrusted my ira my 401k rollovers with jim and i couldn't be any happier you will be too give him a call 610-996-4751 610-996-4751 or you could email him murray m-u-r-r-a-y dot jim at principal.com that's murray dot jim at principal.com
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. are hanging out with us we do appreciate it he's Derek Gunn I am Rob Ellis let's smash the like button friends if you could we are sports take Jacob Sports YouTube channel always excited when we have our next guest on he does an awesome job covering the entirety of the league certainly focusing on the Eagles as well you could follow him on X or Twitter at Kaplan NFL you can catch his work awesome work at PFN 365 Sirius XM NFL Fox Sports Radio and of course, with our guy Jeff Mosher on Inside Birds. What is up, A Caps? How you What's doing? Up? Good to see you guys. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Yeah, it's it, it was a f- it was a fun week leading up. We got the short week this week in terms of the Eagles, and it was the expected outcome for that game. But boy, at times it was ugly. Well, uh, it, yeah. Well, let's go there, Adam, because there is the old adage of wins a win and all that. But sure. I think when you're an Eagles fan, because you have such high hopes for this season, and there were things that you went into the season concerned about which kind of reared their ugly heads to some extent. I think that's what brings out this sort of you know, gloom and doom, even though you did win the game. Is that fair in your estimation? Yeah, look, the coaches will tell you uh, that, yes, week one, you want to win. And bad tape is not, not necessarily a bad thing because you just get – you see what teams are trying to do to you. We'll, we'll look at their defense. We said on Inside the Birds last week, Zach Cunningham is going to be targeted for sure against the Patriots – 
whether it's first, second down, or third down, don't just think it's a passing situation. They're going to go after him. They did. Right. Dean unfortunately got hurt. We thought the safety play against the pass would be a problem. It was. None of, the, none of those things that happened were surprising. It's just going forward here, okay, now you have these issues. What is Sean Desai and his coaching staff going to do on defense to make these corrections the best that he can and cover them up? That that remains to be seen. And then offensively, it was disappointing. I mean, it was kind of what we said on Inside the Birds leading up to the game. It's going to be an ugly game. Mosher and I both picked the Eagles. We picked a low-scoring game. I picked a 22 to 16. What was it, 25-20? I thought it was going to be ugly. It was. Yep, yep. I don't think anything that happened was a surprise. We just didn't know exactly how it would go. Yeah. But we, we did think the better team would win. But man, it got hairy. It got hairy. Boy, did they, boy, did they kind of bog down a little bit and made the game closer than it should have been. Hey, Adam, after the game, A.J. Brown said uh, Belichick threw a lot of different looks at us that we weren't expecting, and it and it basically frustrated us. What did you see from Belichick's team that was really frustrating and stagnating that Eagles offense? Well, we talked to John DeFilippo, the former quarterback's coach of the Eagles, about this. When John was the Vikings uh, OC in 2018, yeah. he brought out a new defense completely that he'd never run before. He'd never seen it before. And these are the, so these so-called unscattered looks. And whether it's man press coverage, whether they try to take away, as we saw, the interior of the passing game, that's where Dallas Guard didn't get the ball. They just did some things that they had not seen because it's the first game of the year. And by the way, they're facing a Silmer scheme. Brian Flores runs his version of Belichick's defense mm. uh, for the Vikings. So that's coming this week, by the way. Whatever the Eagles struggled with, uh, we're – Flores is going to make sure he's he fights it. He's a disciple of, of yeah, Boston. right. And and look, that's the way this is, Rob. It's a copycat league. Coaches see. I, we know it's week one, so you, you want to be careful with the broad statements. But we got what we expected. We what that we expected to see, and it was kind of ugly. But again, good teams find a way to win, and they were able to find a way to win that game. And as you said, Rob, you just want to come out. Uh, what I said, uh, my word, when we did our post game show with myself and Clay Harbor and Jeff was that survive in advance. That's what they did. It was ugly, but somehow they won. Let me go specific to the offense, Adam. Was this just, hey, sometimes you don't execute at the highest level that you're accustomed to. It seemed like there were less RPOs, uh, maybe a little bit, and maybe that was just to attack what Belichick was doing. Maybe Jalen was just off. How do you account for the choppiness of the offense? Yeah, Rob, I would say with Hertz, he wasn't comfortable. That's a, that's a term that coaches use. He was not comfortable in the pocket. I don't think he set his feet enough sometimes. I just thought that they gave him a lot of looks where he held on the ball, wasn't sure where to go to the football. And then the other thing is the coaches need to help him. Our target number for the backs in this game was seven or more. They got seven, but it wasn't the way that we thought it would happen. DeAndre Swift, you make a trade for this player. Where was he in this game? It was a complete non-factor. Yeah. Complete non-factor. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Penny, they signed him to one-year deal. I get the money was cheap, but no offense to any of the other backs. He's just more explosive. Yeah. And I, I know that for special teams, you typically don't dress for running backs unless it's for a specific reason or one of your backs is hurt. And by the way, Kenny Gamewell now has a ribs injury, so we'll see if Penny dresses. Yeah. But Penny should have played. And here's here's another thing. You know, I was just looking at the snap counts. Contavious Street did not play on special teams. He played six defensive snaps. Why not have Rashad Penny up for this game? That was a, that was a tactical error. That, that was just a mistake. Hey, hey, Kev, were you surprised they leaned on Gainwell as much as they did in this game? No, the, these coaches, we've been talking about this for three years on the Inside the Bird show. They, they love this guy. I, I get it. He he has some ability. But, Derek, the, the, the role that they envision him for is not the role that he has. Yes. He was, explosive, he was an explosive playmaker at Memphis. We had Ryan Silverfield on, his coach, 
I'm from Memphis a couple times on our show. Silverfield never saw this, this, this role, this grinded out, uh, pound the rock role. He wasn't like that. He was a slot receiver, not slot, but he was an outside receiver. Get him out, get him out in space. They're not doing that with him here. So I know he's, I know that they could grind carries out. He has a variety of roles, two minute, four minutes, short yardage. That's fine. But it's about explosive plays, Derek, and they were unable to get that out of this past game. Mm. And, and yeah, and that's the thing, Adam. You're saying to yourself, "All right, where's Goddard?" You know, and I know he was open a couple times, and and Jalen maybe didn't go to him, whatever the case may be. But that guy's too darn good to have one target in the entire game against New England. Yeah, I know that you could see from the TV copy. We didn't. We're, we're going to talk to John DeFlippo uh, tomorrow. He does. Uh, he's going to do some some uh, tape stuff for us and. I'm interested to see what Flip sees on the All-22 because I want to know if these guys are getting open, they were not getting the football and what the scheme looked like. I know that the Patriots can make you play left-handed. It's really hard to go against that defense. But th their offense, what, only scored 18 offensive points because they had a defensive touchdown. That's just not acceptable. And thank goodness for Jake Elliott who bailed him out, quite frankly. With some bombs, too, in bad weather. Yeah, he's great. Yep. He's great. How, would you, how would you define Brian Johnson's maiden voyage as a play caller? I'm going to be kind because I you know, I know a lot of coaches, so I, I try not to criticize too much. But it, it was disappointing. It was kind of uneven. Yeah. I liked the, I liked the way they attacked early. Then they were completely stagnant. And this is where Sirianni as a play caller, or he was a play caller, obviously, the first year until he handed off to Steichen. Or, or, but as the head coach who comes from offense, it's got to tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, get agent zero of the football. Let's do this. Let's do that. It, they just, it, it was an underwhelming offensive display. And quite frankly, you can't blame it all on New England's defense. I, I get it. That has part of it. But you can't throw your hands up and give up. I mean, it just it has to be better. But it is week one. This is what I've learned in 24 years of doing this, this being in this business, covering the National Football League. First, week one is generally ugly. 13 out of 16 games went under the total. There's a reason for it. The defense is ahead of the offense. How, uh, how surprised were you? It caught me off guard a little bit, Adam, that, that Nick Sirianni referenced, maybe I'll do things differently in the preseason going forward. I mean, clearly he, he didn't feel like his team was prepared uh, in some ways, but this is a big picture collective decision that, that goes on organizationally too. Were you surprised by that? Rob, let me, let me, let me go. Cause I, I, when I heard his press conference live, I understood why he said that. Cause he was asked the question. Let's understand. He responded yeah. to a question. <clears throat> And I'm kind of two ways on this. So talking to Steelers yesterday or people there, okay, they, they, they had a great offseason. They, they practiced more than any team other than the Ravens in training camp, and they play their starters in, in the preseason. They were terrible against the Niners, okay? Yep. So they were flat, right? At home, embarrassing. I know the Niners are really good, but they were, they were terrible. The Eagles don't practice very much in training camp. They don't play their starters in the preseason. They won, but they didn't look great. So what is it? I, I, it's – it's really hard to say. With sports science, I'm a believer in it. I, I know it works. But it's the end result. They found a way to win. They have a pretty good injury situation relatively. With, there are a couple of things to note. To, to note. But, Rob, it's a tough question. Uh, I don't – because I remember asking Danny Reid this, and I kind of laughed at his response. So, McNabb, I don't – I'd have to look this up. I think McNabb might have played one play in one preseason, probably like 04, 05 or something. I don't know what it was. It was so absurd. I'm like, Andy, why did you do that? Why well, wanted him to touch grass? I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> well, like, what would you? But again, now, now it's funny. Andy now plays his starters in the preseason. Remember, he barely did he it. Does it more than anybody else now? Yes, right? Isn't it interesting, yeah. guys? How he's yeah. changed? Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. Uh, yeah, I think I think it might have been when he threw that one to To maybe in 04. 
it, oh, well, that was the first game, though, right? Was that the yeah, first game? Yeah, that was the first yeah. game of the season. Yep. Funny, man. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. You look at the multitude of injuries this, this Eagles team is now fighting, you know, um, especially with rib injuries. We know uh, Bradbury's not going to play Thursday night. Too short of a turnaround and concussion protocol. There's a possibility Blankenship could be out. You're going to have a makeshift secondary, possibly, against this Vikings offense. Now, the Vikings struggled at home, but let's face it, they do have the weapons to do some damage. And, you know, would, would you elevate Sidney Brown? Or, or would you, as a safety as a safety valve, maybe put Edmonds in there who didn't start alongside Justin Evans? Yeah, I mean, Edmonds, as I understand, is, is ahead of him. It, it was a, the last two weeks of training camp, it was between Evans and and um, and the other kid, yeah, yeah, the other kid. They were they were sharing time. So, uh, really, when you look at this situation with Edmonds and Evans, it's just not good enough. We knew this coming in. This is not a secret to anyone who really follows this. It was a major step down from uh, Garter Johnson, who has done very well. Has spent two days with the Lions in training camp. I know they're really happy to have him, though. They would admit that he's he chirps a lot, but hey, he's a good football player. Here. Evans has revived his career after missing three years of, of football due to injury. He'd rather be your third safety. That's just Blankenship's a nice player. We'll have to see for Thursday night. Now they have enough players, but City Brown, Derek, is just not there yet. Now he is a gunner on special teams. He's effective. He had that great special teams tackle. By the way, he was really good in training camp, as I understand it, special mm -hmm. teams. Eventually he's going to be a starter. It's a little bit early to do this. But they don't have a look. If if, if two of your top th top three guys are hurt, someone's going to have to play. or Probably wasn't going to play a lot. And and look, you could throw them in there, but it's a little bit early. But we'll see what happens. Mm. Adam, they they shut Jefferson down last year. I they mean, did. perhaps better sure. than any team did in the yeah. NFL. Forty six yards. I mean, you don't see that very often. Do you view that as they got a pretty good blueprint here, or this guy's going to go nuts because this doesn't happen often to, to this guy? Two, weeks well, in a row, two, two teams in a row that he played. Right. They're running a similar scheme. They're running Fangio here, but Desai does not run it. Boy, does he run it differently up front. He doesn't run the same front at all. Completely different. This is what we saw in training camp, and it's pretty much like this against the Patriots. The coverages are relatively close to what his predecessor Gannon was running. So the question is, okay, because the blueprint, the blueprint is kind of overrated, Rob. Yeah. No, no coordinators run it the same, but they'll look at what worked, and they'll see if their guys can do it. And now with Bradbury, almost certain not to play like two out of every 100 players who gets in the concussion protocol play plays on the following game that Thursday. It's just very rare for these guys to, to get cleared. So, yeah, I agree with We don't say anyway, he's going to play now with Dean out for a while. You know, you worry about the you, the secondary and third level defenders. That's that's the coaching term. A second second level is middle. Third level is your, your back end. That does worry me a little bit. And by the way, you saw, as we said at the top here. You saw out in New England absolutely attack the middle of the field against them. That that, yep. that to me with Hawkinson in this matchup, if you yep. play fantasy, this is a guy should be in your lineup. Mm -hmm. Jeez. No, I know, agree. Uh, and he didn't have a great week necessarily last week. That's either. all right. You saw what you saw what Henry did this week. But oh, he, no, he, listen, I, I, I'm with yeah, you. I, yeah. I'm, he's he should have gotten the ball more. People yeah, forget really. he wasn't with them last year at the, at the when he Yeah, was, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Hey, Adam, I said off the top of the show, if if what we saw from uh, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis oh. in game one is a sample of what's to come. The D tackle position for this team is in good hands for years to come. No, no team is better on the interior of their defensive line than the Eagles. I, you know, I, I look at all 32 teams, not just one, and the Eagles are the deepest. They've got the best versatility. Milton Williams, by the way, started this past game, who also could play defensive tackle. No, they're great there. And uh, I was talking to an agent who has uh, more than one Eagles player, and he said that his 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 players told him that. 
that as good as Jordan Davis was uh, in training camp, but there's no question about it. He, he improved. Jalen Carter is probably the best defensive player in training camp, but I had not heard that before. I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. So look, it, it's no surprise. He was, he was effective and it, with him, it's never been about performance on the field. It's about doing everything right off the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Chris Long actually tweeted out last night, Adam, which was pretty interesting. He had heard from people he was talking to that Jalen Carter was going to be the best defensive lineman on the Eagles. So, I mean, like, you know, Chris Long's not just throwing things no, you know, right. against the wall. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't have any any reason to do that. So I, I thought that was – he did that – I'll see if I can pull it up, the exact quote. But it was like, wow, okay. Uh, a lot of belief there, you know, in, in this guy. They should. I mean, he, yeah. he look, he was the best player overall for this draft. If you talk to the top ten teams, they would all tell you privately, as they did to me, they know he was the best player in the draft. But the problem was you had the quarterbacks, teams that needed quarterbacks, and then – uh, the, a couple of the teams said to me, they just, they were not comfortable and that's just the way it is. And look, the Eagles were, yeah. they think they have this under control, his issues off the field. He's got to answer some of them over time, but from what I've heard behind the scenes so far, so good. All right. Let me give you the, I'll give you the exact tweet. He sent it out last night. He said, I heard a rumor out of camp that Jalen Carter would be the best Eagles defensive player this year. And you can hmm. see why he gives a little tape breakdown. Eagles took 29 defensive snaps in the fourth quarter. And that's why you have depth uh, to roll bodies. And he know who knows better than him, you know, with the the ability to throw fastballs and keep that rotation going. But he said the best defensive player, not even just defensive lineman. So I praise that's him. incredible. I mean, yeah. folks, this guy, ninety eight Jalen Carter, and he's a pretty serious guy, by the way. It's you know nobody really knows him other than you know, his his Georgia teammates, but he's also a pretty quiet guy, keeps to himself. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know D line coach Tracy Rocker played in the NFL. Uh, he, you know, hopefully he gets to, gets to know him well enough that he understands what he's dealing with here. But man, the, the the performance this game was something else, and it's pretty special the way that Howie Roseman, the GM, has built this defensive line. He gets it. I don't agree with Howie and everything the way that the roster is built, but they've had this philosophy that Joe Banner and Jeffrey Lurie brought in the, the uh, when De- actually before Derek got here in Philly, but a little bit earlier than that in the in the uh, 93 94 area. Yeah. The one thing you could say about the Eagles, they get it right in terms of how to build a team it's up front offensive defensive lines and why t- teams don't do this is beyond me mm. adam when you look at the play across the league uh, in week one it, it was it was raggedy did you think it would be that raggedy well week one Derek is always bad in terms of the sloppiness tackles you'll see some good running games from teams but overall the, the, the passing numbers other than that incredible dolphins Chargers game, which had 70 combined points. In fact, I could have watched that all day. That was incredible. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was incredible. And poor uh, Brandon Staley, who, by the way, the Eagles had very strong interest in talking to, but the Chargers knew this and they beat him to it. So, look, they, it's typical of week one. It's ugly. But I remember Bill Polian uh, came on our, our show, Inside the Birth, and told us, uh, the, the Hall of Fame general manager, it's a good six or seven weeks till we see the major adjustment to yeah. when the offenses sort of take over. And it's it's going to be fun. Look, it it it'll be much better. And by the way, the, the matchups are so much better for the Eagles against the Vikings. They're they're not very good in the secondary, uh, and you want to get until. It's what I said about when they played the Vikings last year. It's going to take uh, Ed Donatel, their defense coordinator for the Vikings, a while to figure it out. And unfortunately, he never did. So he, he got removed. And Brian Flores is in there. You're not going to get this this Belichick style defense down in, in two, a matter of two weeks in the regular season. So I think the, Vi- the Eagles are catching the Vikings at a good time this week. Mm-hmm. Adam, I know you cover the league as well. Um, last night, I mean, what a what a range of emotions. Yeah. Rodgers goes well, down. It turns out to be a crazy game, w- which ends on a you know walk-off punt return. But 
just give me your assessment of, you know, what you're hearing around the league. Because I look, I don't, Derek and I were saying this earlier. We don't have any ties to the jets or whatever, but you wanted to see what that was going to look like. It's just, it, you know, three, four plays in and it's just snatched right from you, man. Yeah. This, I, it was terrible. Yeah. I, I, I know the jets pretty well, the coaches and front office people. It, I haven't even talked to them today. Cause I, I want to leave them alone. It's, they're not on Flacco yet, by the way. I was told as of the hour. Maybe they will be. They should be, quite frankly. He played pretty well for them, for them last season. But they need they badly need a veteran uh, behind Zach Wilson, who will be their starter going forward. Yeah. They've got Tim Boyle, who will be the backup. But they they need to get a veteran in there badly. And it's there's not a it's slim pickings out there. But yeah, you, and I give them credit. Somehow they won it. Obviously, there were the the punt that last punt was awful. It was short and returned by the kid who uh, made the team. Uh, rod receiver and undrafted free agent returning for a touchdown. Uh, Gibson, Xavier Gibson. Gibson, yeah, great return. But and I give them credit. But as you said, you set up well. The range of emotions. I, Robert Sala, I felt so bad for him because they knew their their defense might be the best in the National Football League. They got they got the two they got Brees Hall back who had a great game last night. Yeah. Dalvin Cook his debut. But I'll tell you one thing: it's another team has not got it right in the offensive line. Both tackles mm-hmm. have had issues, particularly Dwayne oh. Brown. The left tackle, mm-hmm. who's I think thirty-eight or thirty-nine, come back from shoulder problems. Beckton's uh, trying to cut guys. Like, yeah, that missed. That was a miss. They, oh. they missed that. That was bad. I, I just feel bad for them, Rob. I, I my heart's out to them. I, I they, they, see. Here's the thing: it, this is not a Nick Foles situation out there. There's no Nick Foles out there. Right. By Nick got hot really late in the season. Let's call it like it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a great, great defense, really good running game. Off to Jimmy rig this thing to to sort of play it tight to the vest. It's going to be hard. But when you have a great defense in the run game, you got a chance. But you got to make throws in this league. And Zach Wilson, that that pass to to Garrett Wilson was not. It got there, but it didn't look beautiful. But good luck to them at Dallas, who who whitewashed the oh. Giants on Sunday Night Football. Unbelievable. You know, you know, Adam, would you say Flacco would be at the top of your list to try to get into the Jets? I mean, you hear names like make a trade for Jameis Winston, yeah. uh, maybe make a trade for Bridgewater. Matt Ryan, get, get Matt Ryan out of we retirement. Matt, Matt Ryan was. Oh, Matt Ryan was, did not play. I'm trying to be nice. Penn Charters on Matt Ryan. He didn't play well, to say the least. No, Jameis, Jameis is making decent coin. It's it's a tradable contract. Uh, but they have to do something. They need a veteran there badly, and they can't wait too long. Wilson's definitely the starter for the next couple of weeks, but it's it's a tough deal. Then, by the way, I'm a big Josh Allen fan, but you can't have four turnovers. It's oh, just, no. Oh, he's regressing, Adam. He, oh. he just is. The hero ball stuff, he, he's, he's taking a big step backwards, in my opinion. He's going to get hurt, too. There's I mean, two take challenges, too many guys. He, ran, he runs too much. Yeah, and that stupid time that he flipped, he jumped up. The jump move, why? What, what are you doing? I, you're right, Rob. I, yeah. He's taking unnecessary risks. These running quarterbacks, man, I mean, the, you, you worry about them when they're outside the pocket. Now, I know talking to the Ravens, they challenged me on Lamar Jackson because he got hurt inside the pocket, right. yeah. but they didn't mention the other injuries he's had in his career when he ran and had hamstring problems or whatever it was, but – you worry about that, but the bottom line is it's week one. It was week one, typical. It's good. The football is going to be better, and it starts Thursday night. And the Eagles will they'll handle their business. I expect them to against probably an upset uh, Viking team. But the bottom line is the Eagles are a better football team. Adam, you look at the city of New York, and I and I jokingly mentioned this to Rob off the top of the show. You had two teams that came into this season beating their chest. You had a Giants team that made the playoffs for the first time in a long time last year. And, of course, ever since the trade, the trade was consummated for Rodgers, the Jets have been thumping their own chest from, from, from April to training camp to hard knocks until last night. Well, the Giants were the only team in the National Football League that scored no points in the first game. And your f- future Hall of Fame quarterback is gone four plays into his tenure with the Jets. 
you talk about taking a wind out of a football sale for an entire city. And the Mets and the Yankees stink, stink on top. Oh, <laughs> which I love, by the way. I'm and the Mets that stink out. also. Yeah, I, as it, it's, Rob and I are from here, born and raised, and yeah. I, I love it. I, I Beautiful. It's like when my buddy Dave Spadaro spit on the star in Dallas. I cheered him on. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, I, I honestly, I, I, I don't cheer for anyone as a unless it's the you know when I when I'm not doing NFL stuff. But I do cheer for the Phillies, and I, I love it that the New York teams stink right now. I, I think it's great in, in baseball. But getting back to what we were talking about, yeah, it boy, the it's hard to believe. Now, see, this is a snowball effect. They have they have the special teams gaff touchdown. Barkley that he. It, just the time of the guy hit him as he's trying to catch the football. It's a snowball effect. By the way, the same thing happened to the Patriots. They got down 16 to nothing on unforced errors. They came yeah, back. True. Yeah. Good point. To make it, you you got to stay in it mentally. And that's Brian Dayball and his staff are going to, they're going to have to get after it. It's only one week, but thank, thankfully they play the Jonathan Gannons this week in, in Phoenix, who oh. I give them credit. They hung in there. They have a yeah. bad roster. And they hung in it, but the game should not have been as close as it was against Washington. That feels like more of a knock of Washington than it does anything else. Adam, uh, last yeah. one for me. You, you mentioned we, we saw the Niners just just take the Steelers apart, and obviously the Cowboys did a number on the Giants, man. Those two looked really good week one. They, they didn't. They, I didn't see a lot of rust on them like I see on some of these other teams. I'm, I'm shocked. Brock Purdy misses their entire offseason. I understand the offense that Kyle Shanahan runs makes it easier for quarterbacks. not easy, but – he makes it. He's like, throw it right here. I'm going to create space for you to throw it. Throw it just right here. And he does. Brock Purdy is shocked the NFL world. Yes. It's unbelievable what this guy's done. I, I'm shocked. Uh, I know some personal guys I'm close with don't want to accept it, but they have to. The guy's a good football player. Mm -hmm. And he executes. See, execution is so important. I don't care how talented you are. If you execute, the talent doesn't matter when you just execute. Just, just run the play like it's supposed to. And he's done a great job with well, that defensive front man. And look out! I I look forward to that game when they come here to Philly again. Yeah, that's mm. gonna be a that's gonna be I, I'm gonna put you on the, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Defenses: 49ers, Jets, Cowboys. Stack them up. I had a Jets number one to start the season. I go Jets, Cowboys, 49ers. My issue with the with the Niners is they're not very good at corner. Javarius Ward's good opposite him. They're getting they're getting away with it. See, if you're a team that could spread them out, now the Steelers can, but the Steelers, that's another conversation for another time. They just couldn't protect anyone. Yeah. And, and Pickett struggled, he he to say the least. But they're all good. And by the way, look, the, the Eagles here, they can get healthy as the season progresses. I'm interested to see what kind of pressure they got. They got decent pressure off of Mac Jones, mm -hmm. but then Mac Jones beat their pressure because he got it out quickly. That's what happens yeah. when you negate a pass rush, you get rid of it quickly. But the Eagles are going to be right up there. As Derek said very well earlier. That front, particularly their defensive tackles, wait till Carter becomes a starter or playing even more snaps. Yeah, this is going to be incredible how gifted this kid is. He's a beast. He's a My beast. Goodness. Yeah, can't wait. Adam, listen, keep up the good work on Inside the Birds. Uh, I know. I mean, yeah, you, you and Jeff do an awesome job, man. You really do. Appreciate it, guys. I, I look forward to watching Derek's series with uh, on Gunna One with our, the, the the story on Jeff Stoutland's coaching career, which like you can that? find on social media. Yeah, we got uh, we got four of Stoutland's first. Quartet of offensive linemen from Cornell University back in 1993, and we had fun with it. We were doing, we were on there for about 45 minutes to an hour. A lot of fun, a lot of insight in terms of what makes Stoutland tick. Nice. And wait to hear, wait to hear the the the, the rock fight. Oh, I'm not going to give it away. Uh, yeah, don't do it. Don't do you're it. You're not going to believe it. Like that. I started. Let's put it this way. I don't know Stoutland at all, really. I mean, I just know of him, and we all know legendary stories. But to hear the storytelling, second to none.
Nice. All right, Adam. Thanks, man. As okay. always, appreciate it. Check Adam out at Captain okay, NFL. And of course, inside the birds with Jeff Mosher as well. Adam, thanks, man. Have a good one. Take care. Yeah, he's a he's a fountain of knowledge, man. I will tell you that, Adam Kaplan. He is, he is all over. Uh, I was going to save this for later, but I'll throw it to you right now, Derek. Here we go. You got a smile on your face, so this can be good. Guess who's back? Jason Peters has signed with the Seahawks. No, he didn't. Forty-one years young. No, he did. You cannot stop him, Derek. He he is. He will just on. He's going to pass Brady. I'm telling you, this guy will be playing in his fifties and sixties. It is incredible. He's back again. Yes. You know, you know what's going to happen? He'll play a few series, get hurt. He'll be out a few games, collect a seven-figure paycheck, and ride off into the sunset, and probably play for another team next year at forty-two. Sign me up. Where where can where can this? Where do I get get this kind of uh, work? I, I need it. Oh I'm my goodness. Who knew? Who knew? Jason Peters still hanging around, man. Just absolutely unbelievable. All right. Uh, we'll take a time out here, Gunner. We will uh, We'll talk a little Phillies. Uh, they split the doubleheader yesterday with the Braves. And, yeah, they won the nightcap. But there are, there are troubles in Dodge City uh, with the Phillies pitching, to say the least. Coming up in the NFL segment, man, we got a lot of ground to cover. We'll give you the latest on the Jets search for a quarterback, Chris Jones, contract a lot of injuries around the nfl we'll get into jim Ooh. trotter's lawsuit what do you hear about this uh against the, uh, the the nfl but yeah jason peters is back a bunch of other things that we will we will dive into as well don't go anywhere that's Derek gun i am rob ellis we're sports take jacob sports youtube network and i want to tell you about pro action restoration yeah you got water you got fire, you got mold, you got smoke. You're not really sure what to do in your house or a property owner, a business that you may own. And guess what? It's happening at inconvenient times, right? Well, here's the beauty. ProAction Restoration is equipped to handle all of it. And they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. You reach out to them. They will get to your, your residence, your property, whatever the case may be, and clean it up like they cleaned up my parents' house. And I'll tell you what, it could have been a better experience. The crew was great. They fixed the problem. The price was reasonable. I mean, every box was checked. ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured. Serving the tri-state area for more than two decades, ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. So again, could be water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it, they got you back. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 623 Six zero or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 down the shore Here, imaginations run wild. 
and time stand still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, with you on this Tuesday. Interesting, different kind of week, obviously, when you have the uh, the Thursday game. So we're we're basically in like Thursday mode, Gunner. On a good, Tuesday. good. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's go. But the, but the aftermath of that is we have that long dry spell after Thursday, man. Yeah. You know, we get to talk about the game Friday, then you get the weekend, 
and you got a whole week next week where you didn't have a game, you got to fill, you know, you got to fill that <laughs> void. So it, yeah. it's the good with the bad, so to speak, in, in a season like this. So. Yeah, and we'll we'll do more of this as the week goes on, and certainly Friday we'll dive you know, really heavily into the other games around the league. Certainly we'll be recapping the Eagles. There's no question about that, but uh, you know, let me give you, you know, it's worse, worse though. What's that worse than going from Sunday to Thursday is when your team is on a bye week. Oh, the worst. That's like I the agree. Mojave desert, you know, it is, you're right. You're right. There's not much, um, but I'm looking at some matchups that, that are interesting for next week. And then we'll get to the Phillies in a second, but I'm interested in green Bay and Atlanta. That interests me. I, I am too. I don't like that they're playing that one down in Atlanta, but I am interested in that game. Um, Atlanta playing on that fast track. Uh, man, they they uh, they came out and made a statement in that, in that first game for sure. Um, Ritter looks like the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I gotta find out. I keep telling. I gotta find out about Jordan Love. You can't you can't play Chicago seventeen games, and Green Bay's got some heavyweights on their schedule this year. Yeah. Uh, so I got to find out. Got to find out about. Beyond that, I mean, just going through some one o'clocks. You know, I want to see how the Bills bounce back. They're taking on the Raiders, uh, who Bill got a big win. Mm. You have the Ravens at Cincinnati. How much different is Cincinnati going to look this week than they looked last week, right? Um, Seattle at Detroit's a good game. Oh, my goodness. Uh, right? You got you got wow. the Chargers at Tennessee, which is, a, you know, a solid game, too. Uh, Kansas City's at Jacksonville, which is oh another good one. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some big time games, man. Now the Jets Dallas game looks a little bit different, obviously, without Aaron Rodgers. There's no question about that. But Miami at New England is the Sunday night game, and then we get a double dip on Monday: New Orleans at Carolina, and then the Browns at the Steelers. Can you imagine Zach Wilson now under center facing that Dallas pass rush? Uh uh-uh. uh Can you imagine that? No. If I'm him, I'm going to church the rest of this week, every night, saying more <laughs> prayers than I've ever said in my life. And I'm paying my offensive lineman extra because obviously the offensive line is not as stout as people thought it was. And I'm paying my offensive If I got to buy you a Rolex, a new car, something. Yeah, hey, look, I made first-round money. I invested my money well. What can I do to for you guys to keep that pass rush off me, please? Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how can I appease you people to play the best game of your lives this Sunday? Oh, um, let me give you some numbers here, Derek, from week one ratings wise. So CBS led the way uh, of the channels. They averaged 21.35 million viewers for the second half of its double header, which, which we know what it was, right? The Eagles was, was yeah. the game that was highlighted of those three games. Um, that's the most watched week one window since 2015 uh, for them. So the Eagles, uh, game did quite quite well uh for them obviously um the early half of the doubleheader drew 12.8 million for the four games that's down big from a year ago so the second portion of the schedule yesterday or sunday for them did well but not necessarily the early part 21.8 watch the cowboys you know i'm sure they dipped out pretty quickly but uh, you know it, it, it peaked at that cowboys yep. giants that's down big from last year because I think the game stunk in a lot of ways. They last year they had twenty five point one million for the mm. Cowboys Bucks, uh, th- but Thursday's game did well. The Lions Chiefs was up big from last year. They came in at twenty seven point five. So man, people, wow. you wonder why they get these kind of network deals and all that. You're seeing why. Yeah, you know, so, they, so, they they draw. So so let me ask you this: 
you, you have a free Sunday, a free NFL Sunday. Yes. And out of all the matchups you just mentioned, which game piques your interest the most? If you if you could, we don't even know which games the networks are going to show this, yeah. this week. Which game piques your interest the most? I would say the er, of the early. I'll go. I'll give you one o'clock and then a uh, four twenty-five because the, okay. then the other games are just you know the Sunday night and the Monday night games. I would go uh, early. I would go. Damn, I'm torn between. Seattle and Detroit and Baltimore and Cincy. I probably go Baltimore Cincy in the one o'clocks. Um, I want to. I think from the one o'clock games, I need to see Seattle Detroit. Okay, and I then four four o'clock. I'm going. I really love the four o'clocks. Actually, I would no, no, wait, wait, wait. Back it up. Back it up. The one o'clock games. I didn't, oh, I thought just no, 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 no. The one o'clock games. It's mandatory. I see the Chiefs and the Jaguars. I did go one. Yeah, Andy and Doug. Yeah. yeah I, I thought that was a later game. I just looked at the schedule right now. Yeah. That is that is the only game, the early game I want to see. And yes, Rob, that includes the Packers Falcons. <laughs> I want to see the Chiefs Jaguars at one o'clock. All right, fair enough. I, I guess for the four o'clocks, it would have been the Jets and the Cowboys. Um mm. probably San Fran and the Rams. Rams played well last week. Yeah, they did with a bunch of no names, and it's a yeah. division. It's a divisional game. Uh, let's see. You got the Giants, Cardinals. Uh, I don't want to see that mess. No. The Jets, Cowboys, only because that Jets defense is going to make life miserable for Dak Prescott. Yeah. Can they contain that Cowboys offense? Yeah. Can, can it look yes. similar? I'm going Jets, Cowboys for the for the four twenty five game. Okay. I mean, I look, I, I think the Sunday night game's great. I, I want to see Miami, if they can go nuts again offensively against New England. You know, that's the Belichick's thing. defense? Yeah, it's not so much that I think New England's great, but I want to see that. I want to see yeah, if they can go yeah, off yeah. Uh, against them. And then, you know, the, the Monday double dip, it, it's okay. It's New Orleans at Carolina. I'll right. watch because I want to see what Bryce Young looks like. I actually like the later game. I like Cleveland yes. and Pittsburgh. So. Yes, uh, uh, the, 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 the Browns-Steelers game – is that you know I used to, I used to have to make that hour and a half drive every season going to Cleveland, uh, covering that Steelers Browns game and those games get nasty and I mean real nasty in terms of not not, not just the players but the fan base as well they they do not like each other, um, you know Steelers obviously have the traditional history the Browns do not but it's still always a grudge match you know it's the Hatfields versus the McCoys. Um, and I think, you know, especially the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, I guarantee you Mike Tomlin is using a lot of words that are not in Webster's dictionary at his team this week to get yeah. them ready for that game at home against the Browns. Yeah, that was that was un-Steelers esque. It was very much not like them. Like you're you're yeah. gonna lose and you, you can yeah. lose a really good San Francisco, but to not show up the way that they did is not like them. Um I don't think they lose two games in a row at home. Let me put it to you that way. And they're underdogs in this game, Derek. To Cleveland, what I like Pittsburgh. Oh, in that game. oh that's gonna you know and that's Pittsburgh's gonna tick banged off. up too. They're banged up, but yeah. I still like them. Yeah, you know that's gonna tick off. You see, that's adding another log to the fire right there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see that one. I want to see Derek Carr under center in that Saints offense. Yeah, um, it didn't produce a lot of points week one, but it was just enough to get a win. But I want to see Derek Carr in that offense. But I definitely want to see that knockdown drag out between the Browns and the Steelers. Yeah, that one's going to be fine. I think that's going to get that could get really 
nasty. You're talking about two big time defenses, or at least should be. But we'll we'll see how much the injuries come into play uh, for Pittsburgh. That's for sure. All right. Uh, beyond that, Derek Philly split yesterday in a doubleheader. Stop me if you've heard this before. Bryce Harper brings him back with a dramatic home run, and the bullpen gives it up again. I, I if I'm him, I'm telling you, man. If I'm Harper, I'm like, really, guys. This is three times now he's done this. Two outs, down two. Turner beats it out. Harper goes yard, gets you into extras, and the bullpen can't take care of their business. It is so frustrating. That was the early game. And, and who blows it for him? Alvarado. He's he's untrustworthy. Now, this is the same guy that we talked about back in June and July who should, who should be a candidate for the closer. But what I've watched of him in August and September, uh-uh. He's out. Uh Uh-uh. I don't trust Soto. I don't trust Alvarado. And these are guys that throw 97, 98, 99. I don't trust either one of them in a big situation now, Rob. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't either. I I, I don't. I don't know what it is. And unless you can get me five or six Zach Wheelers. Now, Suarez looked good. He looked good for a a minute. But I still – I I can't trust any of them, Rob. I don't. Relievers are starters outside of uh, Zach. You know, now some people will say, well, what about Taiwan? He's 15 and five. They're 20 and seven when he starts. Yeah, they hit the ball when he starts. It's not like he's pitching great. They're hitting the ball when he starts. I, I don't I don't trust Taiwan Walker at all. Um, let me be real clear. He's people lucky to have a record. When he's 15 and five. Yeah, because they score a ton of runs for him every yes. time. He's yes. very lucky. He's like, he's like, it works the other way too. There's a guy who could pitch his tail off have a great ERA and his win-loss record stinks because nobody gives him any run support. That yeah. happened, you know, with Cole Hamels a lot when he, when he was at the Phillies, whatever. I, I don't trust Taiwan Walker. I, frankly, Derek, the way this is shaping up, unless they get through whatever this is, if this is some kind of tired arm period, it, it is going to bite them in the playoffs. I, I still think they get in the playoffs, but it's going to bite them in the playoffs. And they may not even get the one seed in the wild card this keeps up I because know. the Cubs are nipping at their heels. Yes. Now, I'm going to put you under the gun. Outside of Wheeler, and you have to pick three. Give me three Phillies pitchers you trust right now. I would go – And go uh, Walker. Can't use Walker. I would go Suarez. I mean, Wheeler. I'm sorry. Wheeler, I'm sorry. Wheeler, Suarez. Wheeler. Oh, I can't, I can't even use Wheeler. Okay, three. Wheel, I would go Suarez. Um, Hoffman. I can't even believe I'm saying this. Suarez, Hoffman. Sanchez I'm going to go (laughs) Suarez Hoffman Sanchez that's not good that I'm that's who I'm going with you went with you said Sanchez Suarez has been up and down and and banged up all year Sanchez wasn't even a starter early in the season wasn't with the team neither was Hoffman it tells you a lot about Nola. It tells you a lot about Taiwan Walker. Look, even Lorenzen, Derek, in the nightcap. So Lorenzen last night, five innings, four runs. He's got a seven nine six ERA since Jeez. that no hitter. Jeez, he he's been awful since what the no hitter. And then Nola in his last eight games has a five eight six ERA. What is going on with Lorenzen in particular? I don't get it, man. I don't get it. He, I mean, it, I understand. Yeah, when you when you step to the mound against the Braves lineup, okay, you're less than 50-50 likely of having a good day because they're going to do one, one thing in particular. They're going to have multiple home runs in the game. Yeah, they're as we've seen in these games, 
but you make a mistake against this lineup from top to bottom. It's like pitchers that make mistakes against this Phillies lineup. They're, they're going to tattoo you all over the field. You know, I don't understand what his problem has been, where his heads has been. If anything, he should have been on cloud nine and oozing with confidence after that no hitter. It's been downhill ever since. Mm-hmm. And I don't get, I, I never thought I would see that. I, I didn't either. And, and the thing is, it's not like he just came over to Phillies through the no hitter, wasn't pitching great. He was great with the Tigers. The Tigers stunk and he wasn't, you know, getting great run support there either, but he had been pitching really well. Yes. And I, I'm sorry, man. Like, I am not going to blame 124 pitches on this guy collapsing no. for the next five or six games. No. Like, no. We got to get over and pass this. No. Um, we understand that the managers and pitching coaches like to put a pitch count on pitchers, but you know what? They're not pitching every night. They're pitching every fifth and sixth day. Yeah. You have plenty of recovery time. You see the guys that right after game, they put the ice on their arms and make sure they control possible inflammation in the arm. You have four days. They work out with light weights to keep the, the muscles and the tendons limber for the next four or five days before they pitch again. If you pitch 124 pitches once an entire season, unless you tear something in that arm, you should be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Period. It's not, it's not bad. If you wanted to give me the next game, Okay, he couldn't go as long. Okay, whatever. That's fine. Uh, you know, that I'll accept it. But it's been too long where he's just been bad. And, you know, they'll keep telling you his stuff's good, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's it, it's not acceptable what's going on with him. But the problem is it's collective other than Wheeler. It's collective in the, in the starting rotation and the bullpen. Uh, everybody on the back end. I mean, Kimbrell looked good last night in the, in the, in the cap. Or in the nightcap. So maybe – Maybe he's figured something out or he got through his, his tired arm or whatever. But I, I right now I need to see more before I fully trust him. I don't trust Alvarado. I don't nope. trust Sir Anthony. I don't nope. trust Soto. Nope. I don't, you know, we can go on and on and on. There, there's no one you feel, there's no one who takes the ball in a game that's relatively close that you, you feel good about. You know, the last time we said that about Kimbrell, um, he came out, he came back the next outing and, and, and bombed out. You know, and, and he was Mr. Consistency, and you're right. I don't trust him either right now, you know. And, they're, you know, somebody, somebody's – if it's another close game tonight like it was last night, somebody's going to have to step to the hill tonight and try to save face for the Phillies. Now, we know Rob Thompson, you know, well, if so-and-so pitched the night before, I don't want to use him again the next night. Uh, you got to get past that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all hands on deck now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you're right. They're going to make the playoffs, but – you want that number one seed is a wild card. You want to get that advantage at least in one series somehow, some way. Yeah. The, the shame of it is there, there are some really impressive offensive performances happening right now. Like Turner went yard again. He's homered yeah. in 10 of his last 11 games. Yes. And I, I was saying this to you uh, before the show, Derek, if you look at his stats lately, yeah. he's, uh, he's up to 25 home runs, 73 runs driven in. He's got 156 hits. He's got five triples. He's got 31 doubles. He scored 93 runs. The average is almost a 270. I mean, for a guy who started off as he was in the 230s as badly as he did. Yeah. His he's going to finish with damn good numbers. You know, when Tom McCarthy said that on the broadcast last night that that's his 10th homer in 11th games. I went right to the, to, to my computer and looked. 
And I was shocked. I didn't know he had 25 homers, to be honest with you. Yeah. I swear. I thought he was around 18, 19. I didn't know he was up to 25. Absolutely. Yeah. But he is stinging the ball now. For the yeah. last several weeks, he has been stinging the ball. Yep. Everything's hit hard. Uh, his powers return. You know, everything's there right now. And Derek, don't look now. Guess what? Kyle Schwarber, 201, baby. Yes. Yes. 201. Yes. The Mendoza line. Yes. He's over it, man. He's over it. But he really has hit, all joking aside, he, he's been not just the home run, all or nothing guy lately. He's actually getting base hits in addition to everything else. So uh, he's up to 201, but 43 home runs, 94 runs driven in. He's over 100 hits. He's at 99 runs, which is what you want out of your leadoff guy. So, you know, kind of unconventionally putting it together a pretty darn good season for himself now, Schwarber. You know, we, we talked about how he is so unconventional as a leadoff hitter, but how many leadoff hitters generate the type of power that he does? You just don't see it. Yep. Um, I would still like to see him. It's not going to happen because of who they already have. I would love to see him in a three or four hole and, and like, you know, maybe move Harper up and, you know, turn her up to one Harper to two. You know, the way they're getting on base right now and put that man at number three, even as a 200 hitter. Yeah. I mean, that's automatic. That's the automatic RBIs for this dude lately. Yeah. But I understand why it works the way they're working now. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this game tonight. Um, good matchup. It's uh, it's it's uh, Wheeler against Freed. So it's a good it's a good pitching matchup. But man, I'll tell you, just to, for a second to give Atlanta some props here. Not not that they need it. Everybody knows, but how about Olsen? Olsen's got 50 home runs. Man. Oh my goodness. Woof. I mean, they let Freddie Freeman walk and they plug this guy in and, and he just yeah. he just goes crazy. Every night when I'm looking at baseball box box scores, his name's popping up. Yeah. I mean, this you if there's a sultan of SWAT right now, it's this dude. You know, the way he's hitting Homer. And how many has he hit so far in this series? One or two? Uh, two. Two in this series? I know Harris has had a couple in this series. Yeah, two yes last night, right? Didn't he have two I, yesterday? I thought, he yeah. did. I thought he had one in each game. And that's what it might, what it might have been what it was, yeah. I'm trying um, to remember. There's the two of the games are running together now. I'll pull up the box score. You're talking about power beyond power. But, oh, my goodness. And such a beautiful swing, man. When he connects, oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, but any, any lefty has that sort of majestic, you know, just just uh, unbelievable with that with, with a, a Griffey, you know, back in the day, whatever. I think, yeah, I think he hit. What did he hit? Two in the in the second game, I believe. I believe. Was it the second game? I thought he Acuna and Harris went yard in the first game. Okay. Yeah, and, and how about the how about the throw by Acuna? Dude, after he after he can't, yeah, you know, he misplays it because he can't see it, just to pick it up and, and unload that cannon. And throws it, throws it on a fly home. Oh, I mean, yeah. he loses the ball. Luckily for him, it dropped in front of him. Didn't roll one way or the other. Just dead right there in front of him. He picks it up in one motion, strike to the plate. Yeah, incredible. He I mean, he he has. He's the most. Ta- I'm not telling you he's the best player. Otani's going to win the MVP, right? Okay, right. but in terms of just like position player talent, not the combo pitcher hitter. It's Acuna is to me the most talented guy. I mean, he'll he'll drive you nuts sometimes with the, some of the antics and everything. But in in terms of just pure talent, I, I don't think anybody matches him. Hitting base running, he has over sixty steals. Power Hitting, speed, thirty what thirty five thirty six homers, over sixty uh, stolen bases. In terms of uh, power, base running uh, ability, and just overall athleticism, I think 
he, arguably he's the most complete player in baseball right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 he's incredible. I'm like, who would, who would be, you know, Atani's a phenomenal player. No, no question about that. But right. um, I think, I think Acuna is the most complete player in the game right now. Incredible. Uh, what he's doing. So look, they're three and five against the Braves this year. Uh, if they can get these last two today and uh, tomorrow, you know, obviously they'll be, they'll be 500 against them. Not that they're catching them, but you want to also just make them think a little bit if you get them in the playoffs. Yeah. The, again, the offense is, is doing it. Derek, I said to you uh, a couple weeks ago, Harper's the most clutch guy I've seen uh, in, in where, where a Philadelphia uniform. I mean, you could say Nick Foles for what he did in, in, in a two or three game stretch, but Harper, since he's been at Philly, every yeah. big moment, I mean, he's up to the task. Yes. And, and, and it's unbelievable. He did it again yesterday. Yes, I agree, I agree with you 100%. I, yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what other athlete in Philadelphia compares. I, I mean, Hurts played great in the Super Bowl. It's a shame he had the one mistake, but it was it was the one game. Um there isn't a sixer that's like that. There's not a flyer that's like that. Let's see. I'm going back. Let's see. I'm, I'm back, talking current day. I'm just trying to think of like. I'm just, I'm just comparing athletes across the board. Um, it, Dr. J, um, Allen Iverson, Mike Schmidt, um, Dawkins, in terms of being just clutch, um, I, I, can't, I can't think of anybody other than Harper. I really can't. You know, I can't either, man. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, and I, I'm, I said to you before too. I like, I can't believe he's lived up to the hype because he has. Yeah. You, you know, he has. He's lived up to 13 years, 330 million. It's almost impossible, but he's done it. And, and there's something to be said for that. It's, it's crazy how good he's been. And on top of that, this year he's had to kind of reinvent himself because he's playing first base. You know, which is not a natural position for him. Yeah. Now he's played it well. I'll give him that. He's played it well, and he played he played some first base, I believe, in the minors, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he even did then, Derek. I don't think so. I thought there was another another level of ball where he played some first base. Maybe he was a catcher originally. Maybe okay. maybe okay. He did. yeah. Okay, but the fact that he's had to reinvent himself and he's playing first base now and plays it well, you know, I'm telling you, man, this dude. You talk about Mr. Baseball. Mm-hmm. We're watching Mr. Baseball in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I, I can't, uh, I can't believe what he does. And they, you know, he, they're just, they are very much, they're frustrating right now with what's going on with the pitching. But they're a fun team to watch, and it's a shame. You wish you could get the arms and the bats on the same page at the same time. Early in the year, it was the pitchers, you know, keeping them afloat. Now it's the bats keeping them afloat, and they need to both get on the same page. The good news is. You know, you're looking to take a series lead, and you have Zach Wheeler going tonight, who's been by far their best pitcher, and you know, a great, just a great free agent pickup in general. Um, you know, for sure, because they got him for a very good, very good deal. Uh, that's for sure from a Mets team that's been an absolute disaster, and he's mm. been awesome. And you looking for him to keep it going. But all right, let me give you the standings here. As I mentioned earlier, uh, they go into action tonight. Uh, just they're clinging to a game and a half lead right now over the Cubs. Uh, who are playing very well, uh, for sure. Um, but it's the Diamondbacks are right now the third-place team. The Giants and the Marlins are a game and a half back of the Diamondbacks, and Cincinnati's two games back of the Diamondbacks. So there, there's a lot of baseball. There. I think they have not 18 games left. They're 79 and 65. There's just 18 games, so we're under 20 games left. Yeah, and here's what they have 
the rest of the way. So you have two more against Atlanta. This is a four-game series. Yep. Smartly, they're, they're off Thursday, which is good with the Eagles playing. Um, and then they start uh, a weekend series uh, coming out of that at, at St. Louis, who's been bad this year. Yeah, awful. Just yeah. awful. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's at St. Louis. Then they go to Atlanta Monday through Wednesday. Oh, yeah, it's tough. And then they're back home after that uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the Mets, then three with the Pirates. Then you close it out at the Mets for three. That's what they have coming up. That's the rest of the season. Dude, that, that last, what, two, two, four, six, eight, nine games are all Pirates. Now, I will say this. The Pirates are a pesky bunch. Yeah. They're out of it. But you know what? They rise up and give teams with running records a problem. You know, yeah. they played the Braves tough. They took two out of three from the Brewers. Um, they're, they're, the Mets, I don't know what to make of the Mets, but the Pirates are not an easy out, you know, oh. night in and night out. No, no. they, they and, and look, all those teams are looking at it like, hey, I, we want to stick it to the Phillies. Sure. Yeah, we, we, we want to play spoiler. And you got so, a lot of guys playing for jobs also. Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. Uh, all right. Let's get a timeout, Derek. Let's talk some football. When we get back, we'll uh, look back at the big story, which is obviously Aaron Rodgers, but there's a lot of other stuff happening around the league, which we will delve into. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Our Flynn Tree Services is an experienced and licensed and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Now, keep in mind, storm, hurricane season, we get kind of a mixed bag now, all right? It's a great time to get your trees evaluated. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call. 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flintreeservices.com. That's flintreeservices.com. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hey, what's up, everybody? Rob Ellis there, done hanging out with you. We are Sports Take. All right, Derek, so uh, update from the Eagles. They have signed Nicholas Morrow to the active roster. They signed Rashawn Evans to the practice squad, and they placed N'Kobe Dean on the injured reserve. Uh, None of it surprising. Four games. Right, which, but that, yeah, exactly. That means locked in now. He will not be playing in the next four games. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, who was initially cut, then brought back to the practice squad, is now active. And Rashawn Evans, uh, who was originally a high pick uh, in the NFL, is uh, is on the practice squad. So you definitely took a hit uh, depth-wise at a position that you were already pretty thin at. So let me see now. We're looking at Nicholas Morrow, Christian Ellis, Zach Cunningham, and Rashawn Evans. We got a problem. Yeah, it's not it's not good enough. It, look, look, you knew it was questionable to begin with. Yeah. We got a problem. We got a major problem at linebacker. And if that's what they're going to go with from now until who knows when, that's going to be a big problem. Big yeah. Time problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and you know, Bradbury not being in this game, that that's going to be a problem. Um, Here, here's what I'll tell you, Derek. They better get to the quarterback. That's what I'm now. saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you cannot let Cousins stand back there four or five seconds patting the ball, looking for Justin Jefferson or Jordan Addison or Hawkinson down the middle. Yeah, that's a bad mixture right there, man. It is. It is. Um, so, look, there. this is also where I do wonder, and again, you know, the, the problem you run into is if anybody's good enough, why would they – why would a team possibly trade them? But I wonder if Howie – isn't scouring and talking to some, you know, GMs and trying to figure something out in terms of making a trade. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening there. Well, if there was a time where the Eagles can make trades, it would be now. They have like what twelve draft picks already next Tons year for next year. Yeah, you know, with all the compensatory picks they're going to get, they have like yep. twelve or thirteen draft picks. If there was ever a time you wanted to make a splash trade to get somebody of name as a linebacker, that would be it. Yep. Yep, no question about it. All right, so let, let's hit a couple things that are going on uh, around the league. Of course, the big story is last night. And we know that uh, Aaron Rodgers, torn Achilles, done for the season. You know, certainly, uh, I mean, just unbel- mind-blowing that the guy played three plays and then on the next one he, he blows out his Achilles. Uh, they did win the game somehow, some way on a walk-off punt return. But, you know, the fact that they hung around enough 
yeah, they deserve some props, uh, you know, for sure, for, for what they were able to do. But now all of a sudden, that just throws into question everything for them for the rest of the season in what is a, a difficult division with a, a tough game coming up next against the Cowboys. Can you imagine Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, and the ownership of the Jets sitting behind closed doors this morning like this? Nobody's saying anything. Right. Everybody's like this. Yeah. No, nothing's being said. I was watching Good Morning Football and uh, Peter Schreger, who's one of their hosts, they're all, they come on, I think it's seven, yeah, something like yeah. that. He said that he had been texting with several Jets coaches who hadn't slept all night, um, who were so distraught over what happened. Jeez. And that, you know, that's, it's tough. You, you know, it's tough. It's it's the it's the unknown element of the game that just drives you crazy, but it's an unknown element that you know you have to deal with. Every team deals with it. You hope you can marginalize it by not losing your big money players, especially when they're perennial Pro Bowlers, uh, future Hall of Fame type players. But it happens. You know, it happens. They know it. You just cross your fingers and pray that it doesn't happen. Unfortunately, it, this one hits the hits the Jets right between the eyes. Yeah, so they're um, you know they're they're certainly uh, reeling after that one. That's for sure uh, with the Jets. So we'll keep you we'll keep you posted if they make any move in terms of bringing in a quarterback. There's a couple different ways that they could go with this thing. Uh, Adam Kaplan, who we had on a little bit earlier, uh, suggested maybe Flacco comes back uh, again. Which oh, oh, I, I just oh. there's the problem is Derek. You know we could sit here. We we mentioned. Uh, we mentioned Matt Ryan and, you know, people are going to throw Brady's name out. Like there, there's just, I don't think Brady's realistic and there's just not a lot of good options. There's nothing out there. I mean, you yeah. think about it, there's nothing out there. Um, whoever they bring back, it has to be somebody that can possibly challenge Zach Wilson. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm thinking, I, you know who I would consider? Colt McCoy. Yes. I would consider Colt McCoy. Good, uh, good name. You know, uh, been around the block a few times, uh, can read a defense, has a decent arm. Um, I would bring him in, put him on the practice squad, let him get acclimated for a couple of weeks in this offensive system, and then elevate him. If Zach Wilson struggles like we expect him to struggle, then nobody in, in the New York region will cringe with if they make the announcement that Colt McCoy is not a starting quarterback. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it, it definitely. There's some they're they're talking about potentially trading uh, for Jameis Winston yeah. or Bridgewater or or Bridgewater. Yeah, but but are teams going to be willing to give up their insurance policy? You know, because here's the thing: if you're if you're one of those teams, you yeah. know, Bridgewater's in Detroit and uh, Jameis Winston's in 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 New Orleans. Think about if your guy is just out a game or two. Yeah. yeah, that's that's how you're viewing this. Like, all right, I just got to get through a couple games, and if yeah. you get through a couple games. Look at the Eagles last year. You could be all right. So I'm not going to be real quick to give those guys up. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. I agree. I agree. You're talking about two teams who want to change around their culture compared to what they went through last year. Yeah. And they feel they have the MO. Um, Saints are, are happy with their new quarterback. Everybody's uh, got pumping their chest in Detroit because they took down a defending Super Bowl champs. Um, sky's the limit for both teams right now. Saints playing a bad division. Detroit's playing a week a weekend division as well. They have everything they need to get to where they want to go. First step is get to the playoffs. 
Both teams have everything they need to get to where they want to go. You're right. Giving up that kind of depth, their insurance policies, it would take a lot. And even then, is it worth it yeah. for those teams? Yeah, yeah, because if you if you feel like you have any legit like Detroit believes in what they have, right? And yeah. New Orleans, I think, believes in what they have. Whatever. If you're one of those teams, I don't know. I think you want to probably hang on to those guys. Oh. All right. Uh other other uh other issues around the NFL. Chris Jones got paid, Derek. He he stuck it out, man. Um, even if it's one year, it's more than he would have made. So uh he would have originally gotten about nineteen million under the contract that he was in the yep. last year of. Uh, he's going to make, he could, could keyword, could make up to 26 million this year with the Chiefs. He signed a one year deal uh, just for this year. He Jeez. lost a million last week sitting that Thursday night game out, but he could make up obviously all the fines and everything else with what he's, you know, bringing in this year. Well, um, obviously, after that first game, Kansas City finally said, you know what, enough's enough. You know, he might have been a difference maker in that game also. I mean, Again, Kansas City's defense played well against that Detroit offense. Yeah, it wasn't a defense that cost them the game. You know, it was a hand. It was their wide receivers playing with oven mitts on. It cost them the game. You know, <laughs> plain and simple. Yeah. yeah. Even without Kelsey, they should have won that game. Yep. You hold Detroit. Your defense without Chris Jones holds Detroit to fourteen offensive points. That's a very winnable situation, especially in your backyard. In one fluke, ricochet interception. Is the difference in that ball game? Totally. Well, I mean, you know, one yeah. of the two big differences, I should say. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. He, you're right. He, he was let down in a very big way. He, he certainly was, Pat Mahomes. Uh, but they get him back, and you know that's already a defense that's good. That's a that's a monster thing for them. And I, I again, props to their defense who played very well. You're right. Yes, they played very well in that game. But now they get Chris Jones back, and he's expected to play this week. He was working out in uh, in Miami. All right, Pittsburgh's got some injury issues here. So Cameron Hayward is going to miss several weeks with a groin injury, Derek. Deontay Johnson also out for, for what they're terming as weeks with Jeez. a hamstring to both of those guys. Jeez. Yeah. As, if, as if their luck isn't bad enough. And they're trying to change things around this week against a divisional rival. Oh, um, Pittsburgh's defense is going to have to carry that game. Yeah, they're they going to have to carry that game for him, you know. And, and and George Pickens is going to have to go crazy. Yeah, Pickens is going to have – well, Kenny's, Kenny's got to get him the ball, but you're right. Pickens has to go crazy, and that defense has to be – I think uh, T.J. Watt had three sacks in that first game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, don't, I, yeah, I don't know the exact number, maybe, yeah. He's going to he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to uh, get some help this week for sure and try to keep that game as low scoring as possible. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, that they're not quite in the desperation the, the Jets are defensively, but Pittsburgh's got to step their game up because it's mm. going to take, take their offense. You're right, he had three sacks. It's going to yeah. take their offense a little while to get going, man. Yeah, he had three sacks. He had uh, five quarterback hits. I mean, he's you know he's in rare form. Mm. So that, that's uh, that's going to be how they win games. And the other thing is, I just think when you're it really does come down to pick it because I think Tom will have him ready this week. I, I don't see any way that they're not ready to play after how horrible that was. <laughs> the, the Niners just, if it wasn't for the giants laying down to the Cowboys, oh. that was, oh. that, that might've been the other beat down, the you know, second worst beat down of the week. Mm. Um, I, I expect to see more bad football this week as well. Yeah. Not as bad as week one. It's going to be a slow progression in the right direction for a lot of teams. Um, Unfortunately for teams like the Eagles, 
and the Vikings, they have the short turnaround. The other teams have the extended week to get some of the problems right. Those that didn't win games, and even those who won games, mm-hmm. uh, to get some of the problems right. So I'm, I, I hope to see a much better brand of football on Sunday. One of those rare Sundays we get off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it, dude, it, it, when you look at the names across the board who have gone down for teams already after one week, um, it's frightening in terms of what what's to come. Um, yeah. I'll give you another great example. Jacoby Myers, who had an unbelievable game. Yes. He was awesome for the Raiders. Yes. He's in concussion protocol now. Jeez. And they don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. I, you know, it's a Devontae Adams had a tough game. He had some yeah, drops, did. very uncharacteristic yeah. of him, et cetera. And, you know, Myers picked up the slack. So it's uh that's a loss. That could be and, a loss. and who are the Raiders playing this week? Oh, I think we just talked about it, Tim. I think it was one of the uh, division. Of no, games. one of those decent games. All right. So what they uh, the Raiders this week? Uh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Okay, here we go. Raiders are pl- at Buffalo. At Buffalo. Okay, it's a big game. And not having Jacoby Myers. Uh, well, we don't know, but yeah, I mean, at least they have until Sunday. The Eagles only have till Thursday for that turnaround. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay with the injury thing here, real quick. So the Ravens have elevated Melvin Gordon uh, due to the J.K. Dobbins torn Achilles, who's out for the season. It's it's not a bad guy to be able to pluck off your practice squad. No, no. But the one the the the, the, the concern about Melvin Gordon is has he seen his better days? I think that the answer is yes to that. You know, uh, but you have no choice now but to rely on him uh, in a situation like that. So it was good for them in terms of adding him in terms of depth, but what is he going to give you? You know, what does he have left? I mean, he's, well, he's only 30, but still, you know, for running backs, 30 is old nowadays, you know, especially if you're running back that has had as many carries as a Melvin Gordon has had in in his career, you know, um, you know, there was a lot, a lot of times he was a feature back. I mean, early in his career, 254, 284 in terms of carries, um, 2020-215, Right. He only played 10 games last year, had 90 carries last year. So he should be fresher, but he's still 30 years old, and I don't think he's the back he was four or five years ago. And that's, that's not a knock against him. It's just a natural progression of age as an NFL player. No, I know I agree. And, and look, he was, yeah, he was a bell cow for a while, and that catches up to you. There's no doubt about that. This was interesting. The uh, Pete Carroll and DK Metcalf had a had a heart to heart about the penalties that DK seems to be taking way too much of in his career. So I he's had Derek eight career unsportsmanlike or unnecessary roughing uh, penalties, which have been, you know, led to disqualifications in games. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple big ones this past week that were you know late. So teams are now baiting him. And he even said it after the game. He said, look, their sidelines yapping at me, and I took the bait, and um, you know, we know what happens. It's, they, they get the guy who retaliates. So he, I think he realizes it, but Pete Carroll was pretty blunt about it. Like he talked about it on his radio show and said, you know, we love DK, but this can't keep up because it's no. killing us. No, so, no, and especially if it happens at crucial junctures of a game. Yep. You know, DK's been in the game long enough. I'm surprised he lets this stuff get to him. You know, I mean, I – you talk about a physical specimen who plays the game physically. 
Uh, DK Metcalf is as physical as it comes at wide receivers, but the fact that he knows the teams are baiting him and, and, and still gets involved in jaw jacking to the point where he's getting these penalties. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? What the heck is wrong with you? You know what they're trying to do. Why do you keep falling for this crap? Right. That's the problem. Like the problem is like, like nobody is fully blamed. We know people are taking cheap shots. We get it, but they're going to do that. The, the, some, uh, you know, backup corner, or safety, he gets tossed. I'll take that. It's a win all day if DK yes. gets tossed. You know what I'm saying? And teams know that, so they're just going to keep getting on him. He's got look. He's got to be smarter. It's, there's no other way to put. You can't have him not in the game for you if you're the Seattle Seahawks. Plain and simple. So he's got to be better. A coach um, didn't have to talk to him about this stuff, and yet here it is. You right. know, it tells me there's a volatile nature within him that has not been completely controlled yet. Well said. But yeah, well, and look, part of that is what you love because he, he is a crazy competitor. We we saw one of the great plays you'll ever see is him chasing down that guy after the after the interception. It's one of the greatest plays you'll ever see. So you know his heart's in it, but he's just got to be better. He's just got to be yeah. smarter than that. Yeah. Um, all right, a couple other other odds and ends here. Um, oh, I forgot to mention this to you. So the Jets' odds to win the Super Bowl went from sixteen to one to thirty-five to one, and I'm surprised Derek it didn't fall more. I, I have to tell you. To yeah. be honest with you, I am too. I thought it would be like maybe a hundred to one by now. Right. You know, and, and I'm I'm gonna be honest. I mean, let's be honest. Without Aaron Rodgers, I don't even know if they win more games than they lose, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, I mean I, again, I, I hate to keep going back to this, but it really does remind me in 1991. Yeah, it, it, it's because that Eagles team across the board, Derek, number one in points, number one in defense. Uh, against the rush, number one in defense against the pass. Seth Joyner played on that team. He'll tell you about it. They did everything they could. They won 10 games with with Jeff Kemp and Pat Ryan and Ken over, you know, with just dudes playing quarterback. And they didn't get into the playoffs because it, the NFC was really good that year. Uh, and we didn't have as many wildcard teams. But it didn't matter. When Randall went down, the offense just couldn't do anything. And I just, I, I really, it's, it's going to suck for Garrett Wilson. Because he's going to be wasted in a lot of ways, I think. Man, that, you know? that's, that, that's a shame. I mean, and, and again, we're not Jets fans, you know, but it's like you just wanted to see it. You just wanted to see it evolve and what it looked like. Yeah. You know, and now it's like, you know, and, and, and it's funny. You look at the comments, a lot of comments across social media, yeah. and, and, and a lot of people who are not Jets fans but were fans of this hype train that has been moving forward at such a rapid pace since late April. Right. Now it's been derailed. And like, man, you know. Yeah. And I don't like I again I feel I feel for Jeff. I can appreciate it. Like we we always at as Philadelphia fans feel like we're the cursed ones. Right. Yeah. It, it's yeah. always something bad's gonna happen. It's inevitable, whatever. This is a minute where you take a step back and you say, that team's cursed. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like they're they're the you want to talk about curse they're cursed but anyway yeah so that's tough that's tough this this one's a, a sad one gunner uh mike williams oh yeah remember he hung around as a receiver in the nfl for yeah. you know, for a few years passed away at the age of 36 um he was in intensive care in a hospital in tampa he got hurt on the on a construction site he's just trying to make make a couple bucks it left him paralyzed uh and he ended up passing away from it he had uh 223 catches, 3,000 yards, 26 catches in, in his career. He played for Tampa and, and Buffalo and just just sad, you know, just just sad that guy's taking mm. so young. 
It's, it's tough. 36 years old. He has an eight-year-old daughter. Um, and that's really, that's really sad. You know, his daughter and him will never have that bond again. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, the, guy, the guy's just trying to make a living, you know. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's hard. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, more injuries to, to hit you with. And I, I, it's a shame because I really like this guy as a player. J.C. Horn. Yes. Corner for the Panthers. Uh, he was just 18 games his first two seasons with injuries. Yeah, he's not going to play. Yeah, he's not playing Monday night. He's another guy with a hamstring. Jeez. Yeah. Again? And they think he's going to be out multiple weeks. And he's a really good cornerback also. Yeah. Yep. Um, my goodness, these hamstring injuries this year, man, are like – it's almost like COVID, you know. It's like you can't stop across the league. Everybody's coming up with hamstrings. Yep. You know, Green Bay's number one receiver, Christian Watkins, didn't play because of a hamstring injury. Every and it goes back to what all these old players are saying: the soft tissue injuries are because they don't train the way they're supposed to properly train to get to a regular season. Yep, yep. Uh, all right. So uh, you know, we always talk about how we're worried about the Eagles' return game and all that. And they, you know, it was it was fine on Sunday. That wasn't a major issue. But NFL rules makers uh, in Week One, you know, they changed things up with the you could you could fair catch now the, the kickoff and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They they had a an historically low twenty point five percent kickoff return mm. rate. Yeah, so the, the the reason they're doing this is they they want to avoid the big hits uh, on on kick returns. But uh, isn't that crazy, man? The, the, the but touchback get, rate was seventy seven point six percent, which which means they're getting what they want. They don't yep. want those collisions. Yeah, I remember when it's they, we they, we first started talking about what they're doing to negate the runbacks. And then the studies come out about how many of the head trauma injuries that are not talked about that are related to the collisions in kickoff, the the, the coverage team and the return team. And that was when they jumped up and said, we got to do something to, to lower that. And they, and they have done a good job of that. From our perspective, we're growing up in the days of watching some of the most phenomenal return guys get the ball to the goal line and trying to weave his way upfield. Yeah. You know, oh. um, I miss those moments. Those moments are so few and far between now. Because ninety percent of everything is a touchback, you know. But the players are staying healthier, and that's the most important thing, I guess. Yes. Um, so uh, I, I don't know if you saw any of this, but Jim Trotter, who was a longtime NFL reporter, um, he he won the the Pro Football Hall of Fame's twenty twenty three Bill Nunn Award. Okay. Uh, he he has sued the NFL over his firing from the NFL Network. Well, technically, he wasn't renewed, but I mean whatever he wasn't renewed but um he's now with the athletic but he filed a lawsuit in the uh u.s district uh southern district of new york that names the nfl nfl enterprises and nfl network services as the defendants and he recounts the the nfl's alleged history of systematic discrimination uh over the years kaepernick uh some of the stuff with john gruden uh the 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 lawsuit that brian flores has filed etc Right. Uh, yeah, so he's he's going hard after the NFL here, Gunner. Mm, well, you know what? If you feel you got a leg to stand on, why not? You know. Yep. He's two two things. He's going to win or lose, and if he wins, he's going to look real good in the end. Yeah. But I don't. I don't blame him. Um, unless there was justifiable cause. I mean, you know, as as a network, and we're in the business, Rob. Right. You you get a job, you get fired. You know, it's it's a numbers game. Yeah. Now, if he's going after them. There's got to be a specific reason why, you know, and even if, and even if a company tells you, Hey, we're going to renew you and don't that's their prerogative. Yep. I I've been lied to. 
Uh, I, 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 same here. Mm-hmm. Same here. No question. And I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to Jim Trotter. I'm just saying, uh, right. to your point, I've had higher-ups promise me things, and then yes. suddenly it goes bye-bye. So it, it has happened. Yes, yep. I agree with you 100%. And you know what? They can get away with, with it because they can. Yeah. Now, it's on you whether or not you feel you have a strong enough leg to stand on the challenge. Okay. Now, let me throw this out there because uh, the, the the Pagulas who own the uh, Bills have shot back and, and denied this. But this is this was in uh, his the filings that, that, that Jim Trotter put in there. He said, during a meeting, an NFL media reporter described a conversation he had with Bills owner Terry Pagula in which Mr. Pagula was speaking out about the recent emphasis on social activism by NFL players, in, in particular Black Lives Matter. Mm. As reported, Mr. Pagula said, Pagula, excuse me, said that if black players don't like it, they can go back to Africa and see oh. how bad it is. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, All no. right. Now, Pagula has, has out now denied that that ever happened. There's also a uh, reference to uh, Jerry Jones. And, and Jerry Jones, I'm going to pull up what he said, too, if I could find it here. Uh, but he's also uh, nailed in this thing, too. So it's it, it's it ain't pretty, my man. Uh, it ain't pretty. All right, here, here's what here's what Jerry said. A- a- alleged. Uh, another example, Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, responded to a question posed by Mr. Trotter regarding the dearth of black professionals in decision making positions for NFL teams by stating, quote, if blacks feel some kind of way, they should buy their own team and hire who they want to hire, unquote. So, Jerry said that? That's uh, allegedly, allegedly. What, what Jim Trotter is saying. They're both alleged. Okay. This is, I'm not, I'm just telling you what was in his filing. But yeah, that's what he, he claims Jerry said. Uh, now you got two entities doing damage control. Um, that, that's a tough one, Rob, because there are a lot of players that feel that even as we sit here today in 2023, the NFL is still an old boys network. And it's run by old way of thinking. And even though the, the old way of thinking is smart enough for the most part to not say what they feel, because every topic we discuss nowadays is such a sensitive topic. Um, if those two said that, the NFL has to step in and hit them hard, hit them hard. And, 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 and I don't know if you're not going to take away their franchises for something like that. But you have to hit them really hard where it hurts. But you got to prove it first. If it's a he said, she said, you know, you're never going to prove that. It's going to go back and forth forever. That's the thing. I mean, it, it's it sounds like he did the interview with Jerry, so he might have that on tape. I, the other one sounds like it was hearsay. You know, the the Pagula one sounds like somebody told him that. So that I don't know how you prove that unless somebody. And in this day and age, everything might be captured. You know what I'm saying? So, right. but but right. I don't know. I'm just passing it along and. You know, again, uh, th- that is some powder keg kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's some big time stuff. Those, uh, those those two owners better hope there's no 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 tape trail, paper trail, or something like that. Yep. If, yep. if it's on tape, how do you come back from that in a, in a league where your workforce is more than seventy percent African American? I know, I know, it's unbelievable. Hey, uh, I mentioned Cameron Hayward. He's gonna have groin surgery, Derek. Yeah, uh, see, he's a great player too. He is a stud. It hurts. Yeah, that's that a, hurts. that's a big time loss. Mm. That's, a, that's a big time loss for uh, Pittsburgh. I hate to see that. Um, 
Yeah, and, and D, the, I mentioned Deon, uh, Deontay Johnson. That's they're looking at a few weeks there um, for him. This was interesting. Kirk Cousins did not have a great week one, but it, you know, as you would expect, his coach has his back. Um, you know, it was it was kind of an ugly game. The end of the first half, mm-hmm. and, and their lost Cousins tried to squeeze one into to KJ Osborne at the goal line, mm-hmm. and then with the score 10-10, had at least one ch- chance to take a three point lead, if not go into the break cousins pass was intercepted and ended that threat, et cetera. Look, basically O'Connell saying, I want this guy to stay aggressive. Um, you know, yeah. he made some mistakes. We understand that. I think he's also saying this in anticipation of the Eagles game because he turned it over three times in that game uh, as well. Uh, you, you have to, sure. You have to, you can't back off. If you start backing off and if you're hesitant and you're shut, you, you're not going to win that way. You gotta make you, you gotta you cannot be afraid to make mistakes in this game. Everybody makes mistakes. You just have to come back stronger and smarter. You know, so I, I agree with 100 percent You know, we're not gonna change anything. We just have to clean up some things that we didn't do. Yeah. So yeah. I and, and look, Kirk Cousins isn't going anywhere. You know what I mean? No. It's like no. he's a free agent at the end of the year, but it's, it's that you're living. He, he's your guy. Yeah, you're not gonna bench the guy. But who's behind him? You know, um, whoever's behind him, you're not putting him in the game. He gives you the best option. Yeah. So I agree with you. Yeah. He's been, uh, he's been around the block too many times. He knows what he did and what he has to do. Yeah. Yeah. No question. All right. So a uh, couple, a couple other odds and it's, you know, I, I think when you, when you just, I want to get back to the jets for a minute. The one thing I would say about that game, I do. I wonder, do you wonder about this too with Zach Wilson? Like, did he have enough of, of time sort of out of the spotlight for a minute to sort of reflect, watch how Rogers goes about things? Like, did he get enough where we're going to see at least a, a more mature guy? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't, I, I, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if it was a long enough respite that he's going to be different from what he was. Cause I think part of his problem was immaturity. Let's face it. Yes. If, if we take him at his word where he said all, um, ever since Rogers got there that I'm learning a wealth of information from this guy, then I expect to see a better quarterback. Now, obviously putting him in an emergency situation like that against that Buffalo defense, that's a little bit uncomfortable. Like I said, we said he only made one glaring mistake and he was okay the rest of the way. And he got the job done good enough to help that team get a win. Mm-hmm. Um, but now moving forward, now that it's, it's uh, his show until further notice, I want to see the improvements that he's been talking about since May into training camp about how Rodgers has helped him become better as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, yep. Because if he's not, then the Jets are going to have to make a huge decision in terms of who's quarterback in this team. Right. And that's the thing. I, I Look, I think he's going to get at least, what would you figure, three, four games rope? Because that will allow you to get somebody in there get him acclimated to the system. It's giving Wilson some time. You're not just knee jerking him. If he has a, you know, one bad game or one bad series, I, I think that's about a fair number. Now, now I'm looking at what the jets have coming up. Yeah. They have Dallas this week, Derek. And, and yep. once you get past Dallas uh, schedule wise, after that, it goes, it's not easy here. They, then they're home against new England. Oh, oof. Home against Kansas city. Oh no. At Denver. Home against the Eagles, bye week at Giants. You know that's uh, 
You know, he's not getting any gimmies there. Now, before you get to that Giants game, there's a, there's a lot of line uh, landmines to sidestep. You know, Oof. I I would not want to be in that situation. But you know what? You can only move forward. You can't go yeah. backwards. You know, yeah, man. All right, all Man. right. Let's. Uh, that's that's tough. That is tough. Let's get a timeout in here, Gunner. Let's come back. Uh, we got some birthdays. We got some movies. We'll get it back to the birds as well. We got a lot more show in store for you. Don't go anywhere. He is Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, we are back. Final segment of the show. That is the gun. I am Rob Ellis with our sports take. All right, here's the Eagles schedule, Gunner, uh, for this week. So today, obviously, it's a walkthrough. It's a 215 walkthrough on Tuesday, which is normally much later in the week. Uh, Nick Sirianni. We'll meet with the media tomorrow. And then, of course, the game is on Thursday. The biggest thing I think you're trying to do, you're trying to install a game plan while also not overtaxing these guys physically. You're trying to get men, the guys who are banged up, and the guys who are in pretty decent shape, just, hey, let's take it as easy as we could possibly take it. And also trying to figure out who's in and who's out. Yep. You know, That's a big dilemma also because – Somebody who's in today could be out tomorrow. Somebody who's out tomorrow, uh, tomorrow could, I mean, uh, out today. You know, you never know. You, yep. you just don't know. You know, especially when you're talking about ribs, stuff like that, hammies, you know, soreness and stuff like that. It's it's tough on a short week, mm-hmm. you know, to, to prepare one for the other. But the fact that this Eagles team could be looking at um, possibly two, three different people in their secondary – yeah, yeah. It's for, for just to remind people who don't know, uh, you're dealing with the Kobe Dean already out. He's on the injured reserve. We know that much. Uh, but Bradbury's in concussion protocol. Fletcher Cox, we're dealing with ribs. Blanket ship dealing with ribs. That's the, what Eric's referencing there. And then Gainwell's also dealing with ribs. So all these guys are, are at least a little bit banged up. I mean, the more serious ones are obvious, the Kobe Dean and Bradbury. But, you know, we don't know the extent. It's a pain tolerance thing. And if you're, you know how it is, man. If you have messed up ribs, it affects everything. I and know. Man. You can't. No matter be, what you're doing, and we're not being tackled or held no. or twisted by 300 pound dudes. You just yeah. sneeze if you have bad ribs. In yeah, your man. You can't breathe. Any movement, it's like somebody stabbing you with a knife. And of course, you can try to pad it up as much as you want. And you can deaden it up, but you still got to take hits on that thing, and it can feel a whole lot worse before it feels a lot better, depending on the severe severity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, that we're sitting here Tuesday talking about. Fletcher's good to go. Tells me his rib I- injury is not as severe as a, a game while and possibly bl- Blankenship. Um, all right, so I asked uh, somebody right now, I said, hey, can you update me on Blankenship status? Not sure. We have a few guys messed up. Oof, messed up. Okay. I don't know what that means, but. All right. All right. Yeah, that, that's not uh, super pro- <laughs> promising when you hear the word messed up. I mean, look if you're comparing it to what's going on with some other guys, <clears throat> excuse me, around the league, is it not as bad? Yeah, maybe collectively, but, and, and look, nobody's, nobody's crying anything for, for anybody other than the no, jets. No. Right. That's for sure. Uh, but we'll see where that ends up going there. Um, all right, let's do some early birthdays. Cause I, I have three Eagles things that I want to hit you with before we get out the door. All right, Gunner, here we all go. Right. All right, let's start with this one uh, when it comes to our birthdays. Paul Walker, it's a shame. You know, he died in 2013, car accident, and was so good in the Fast and the Furious uh, series and whatnot. He's just one of those guys you just feel like, he, you know, he was perfect for that part. They still do a great job with the movies. They did a great job honoring him, I think, with the first one after he passed. But that, that, was, that was a tough one, for sure. And here's another uh, death that was uh, caused by excessive speed. He was a passenger in a car that hit a tree in the Los Angeles area. And yep. just like that, gone. You know, yeah, it's still a relatively young guy, you know. He was 40. Uh, yep. Yeah, 40 years old, you know, and, and was, a, was a media darling, so to speak. Yep. 
you know, um, and, and it's a shame that we lost him. I enjoyed yeah. watching him as an actor. He did. He was good. Uh, Emily Rossum, uh, the actress, is 37 years old today. Oh, strong? 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 Yes. Not okay. super strong, but strong. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, okay. All right. The great Jesse Owens, the great Jesse Owens, was born on this day in 1913. I, mm-hmm. Derek, the combination of, I mean, I, I put it with like Jackie Robinson in terms of greatness, athletically, and courage mm. uh, to be able to do what he did under really difficult circumstances. In, uh, in, Jesse in Owens Ger- is right Ger- wasn't it in Germany? In Germany. Yeah. With Hitler sitting, you know, sitting right there. Stands. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the pressure he must have been under, um, but the fact that he rose to the equation because you know at that time Hitler felt, as I'm sure the German mindset was that the the African American athlete was inferior. Correct. And he went out as there as human beings inferior. Yeah, but yes, and he yes. went out there and shut up a whole lot of people. Yeah. But the pressure he had to be under and constantly having his head on the swivel because you never knew who was coming at him. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, not, that, nothing short of incredible. Yeah, yep, perseverance beyond beyond reason. Yep. Uh, the actress uh, Sydney Sweeney is 26 years old. The composer Hans Zimmer, you see mm-hmm. his name and attached to a lot of movies. Uh, he is 66. Lion King, Dune. Yeah, yep. yeah, he's a big time composer. Uh, Yao Ming, Yao Ming is 43 years old uh, today. Is Yao Ming? Jennifer Hudson. You talk about uh, crossover talent. Woo! My God, man. I mean, singing, acting. Yes. She could do it all. Uh, 42. Uh, Kelsia Ballerini, who is a country singer, country star. She is 30 years old. Uh, Barry White, one of the greatest voices in the history of anything right there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I'm not going. I can't sing like Barry. You know I, who could pull pull off a of Barry? I think Seth maybe. Seth, Seth could probably pull. Yeah, yeah. I don't he, know if Seth could sing, but voice wise, Seth could pull off Barry. Yeah, the, the pipes. He's got the yeah. he's got the pipes. Yep. Um, your favorite two chains is forty six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neil Peart, who was a great drummer for the band Rush, uh, passed yeah. away last year. He is uh, he was born in 1952. Actor Ben McKenzie is 45. George Jones, who was a country singer back in the day, 1931, he was born. Andrew Luck. You know, Derek, he's one of those guys who, I'll give it to him. He walked away and he's gone. Like, he's out of the spotlight. Bye-bye. I'm going to go well, do my thing. When you consider, I mean, this man has spleen injuries. He had, it was like a walking, like yep. a walking car wreck, and he's only thirty-four now. But he made a lot of money in a short amount of time. But man, you talk about a dude that that went through some stuff, man. Now, now I wonder what he can. I wonder if he's still getting calls, and I wonder would he consider possibly coming back, or is he just you know a lot of athletes once they're gone a few years, it's like no, my body's not. I'm putting. I'm not putting my body and mind through that again. But he's only thirty-four. Uh, he strikes me as not a, as a guy who would not come back. Like I, I think that he, right. you know, he's a very bright guy. He, it's not like I don't. Th- I think he was very smart with his money. I, I don't think so. I think he he didn't he didn't want to be one of these guys who was decrepit at at, at forty five years old. I I really believe that. I don't think he comes back. Yeah, I mean, he, the fact that he's been out of the limelight as long as he has, and when you think about the number of quarterbacks who have gone down over the years. 
and nobody's mentioned his name. It tells me he's basically told everybody, don't call me. Yep. Not interested. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he is. He stayed true to his word. I'll give him that. Uh, actor Joe Pantoliano is 72 years old today. Joey Pants, as they call him. Amy Yazbek, yeah. the actress, is 61. Rachel Ward, actress, director, 66 today. Linda Gray, the actress, is 83 today. Was, the, Ro- the Road Warrior yeah. is 63 today. Well, animal, animal is sixty three. Uh, his, his, but you know, uh, animal is from Philly too. I, I saw that. Yeah, I, that's I didn't know that. I did not know that. His partner was a hawk. I used to love watching the Road Warriors. Yeah, uh, Peter Scolari, uh, who passed yeah. away a couple of years back, was was born on this day, nineteen fifty five. Jennifer Nettles, the singer, is forty nine today. Ben Folds, the singer, is fifty seven. Marvis Frazier, who is Joe Frazier's son, yeah, is sixty three today. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman is 34 years old today. Um, John, Robert, John Burke, who's an act, very good actor, kind of a character guy is 63. Kajana Carter, former first overall pick out of Penn state is 50 years young today. What else do you have? Former great pitcher, Mickey Lolich is 83 today. Mm. Uh, the comedian Lewis K is uh, 56 on this day. Vernon Maxwell. Former NBA player, 58 today. Uh, let's see who else. Devin Duvernay, wide receiver for Baltimore, is 26. Right. Wilfred Benitez, one of the greatest boxers of all time. I love watching him fight. Won his first world title at the age of 17. Oh, he was he was big time, man. Phenomenal. And, you know, he owned that division, like the lightweight and then light welterweight division. And then all of a, all of a sudden, along came names like Sugar Ray Leonard, yep. you know, Tommy Hearns. You know, guys like that. He fought. He fought Durant. He beat Durant. Yeah. He lost to Leonard, and he lost a split decision, I believe it was, to Hearns. But he was a phenomenal boxer, man, he up was. until his mid twenties. Um, I wonder if he if he fought in a different era, Derek. Like later, he he would probably be a much bigger name than he even is because he yes. was going against, like you said, some some real big boys there, man. Not only was he fast, but he was considered a great defensive fighter and. He was also fast as lightning with his hands. For once, he moved up from the lightweight division to help uh, to the welterweight. Is where really he started to shine. And but but he was smart. He can't believe he's sixty five already. Chuck's right. Uh, Alexis Arguello was nasty too. Oh geez, Arguello. Those guys were both nasty. Yeah, I loved watching Arguello fight. That whole era of boxing, man. From I, I from, love that time period. From the welterweights to the heavyweights. That whole mm-hmm. era was yeah. just. I don't. We'll, we'll never see that like in boxing again. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't um, think so. Do you know the name Ian Holmes? No. Ian Holmes plays Bilbo Baggins on the uh, Lord of the Rings. Did you watch Lord of the Rings? I, I never saw Lord of the Rings. I sh- none of them. No, I need. I, I, it's one of those I whiffed on, man. And I, I, I do have to go back. I, I, no, it's on me. It's a wait bad a job wait, by wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. You are a movie aficionado. I, I know it's bad. You know they made all. Of those, they made all of those back to back. It took like six years to make all three of them. <laughs> I know it's bad. Tone's you, like, what? What? I you, know. I know it's bad. I, I, listen, bad job out of me. I know. I, oh, I'm, I'm shocked. I, I, I thought it would be a given that you watched Lord of the Rings. I blew it. I, I, I It's one of those, like, it got away from me, and then they started doing the, the sequel or whatever. The, uh, and the I, prequel, I the, prequel the Hobbit. Prequels, I should say prequels. All right. And so, I never so got you have to watch the Lord of the Rings before you watch the Hobbit. I think I will do – I'll get one of them in this weekend. I will no, have time on Saturday. No, no, no you won't. I you will won't. on Saturday. I, I'm off. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Now, each, one, each one of them is two hours. 
Uh, but I tell you what, the storylines are incredible. Uh, I'm um, in. I'm telling you, I'm in. Yeah. I will. I will watch it. I will. I will. I'm shocked. You don't believe me. All right. I'm very disappointed in you, Robert. You're not mad. You're disappointed. Uh, let's see who else to have on this list. Uh, Ruben Stutter, the singer. Yep. Is uh, 45 on this day. Okay. And who am I missing here? Did I miss? Did I miss somebody on my list? That's uh, that's it. I'm good. Okay. okay. Uh, movie. Speaking of uh, the game, Michael Hudson, 19 or Michael uh, Douglas, excuse me, uh, 1997, 2004, The Belonging, uh, mm. 2014, No Good Deed, and 2003, Cabin Fever. I didn't uh, see a whole lot else. What else do you have? That was it. Did you ever see Cabin Fever? No, I never did see that one. Try to watch that one. It's about this, uh, this like a, a virus or a parasite that we get on. These young people are camping in this cabin. And I don't know if it was, I forgot what it was, in the water or something. And all of a sudden, this bacteria started eating their flesh away and all this oh, kind of stuff. Man. You know, and I'm thinking, and they made a sequel to this thing, too. And I'm like. Yeah, no. I, I uh, That stuff. Oof. Oh, Rob, Rob Gamble says, you're right, Rob. Each one of Lord of the Rings is three hours, not two hours. That's hey, right. I'm trying to get Rob to watch the no, movie. No, no, I, I, listen, I will. I, trust me. I, 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 if I say I will, I'll watch it. I'm not saying I'm going to get both of them in, but I'll get I'll get to one of them. I is will. that true, Rob, what Twiz says? Rob is that true? Cheerio. I've done that. No, you haven't. I've put Cheerios in like a sandwich bag, and I've eaten them as snacks at the movies. I've done that. Wait a minute. <laughs> I understand you eat Cheerios at home, dude, but you go to a movie to eat dry Cheerios? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Everybody, I know everybody's skeeved. I know. I listen. I know. I, I, Dude, I'm, you, there's a special place for people like you. Yes, yes, there is. What yep. the heck, criteria? No, no, no. Like Swedish fish. No, no. I, uh, no, I will eat. I'm not saying I don't eat popcorn and, and Swedish fish. I, I, I used to like. Do they still sell dots at the movies? Yes, I, just like I the love dots. dots. Love the dots. I, I buy them at the store. You get them at Walmart. You get them at Wawa's occasionally. I, I love dots. I love dots. You tell me. You, I take probably... Gunner. If I have to like get up really early and go oh, and, like drive goodness. somewhere, yeah. I'll put Cheerios in a sandwich bag and eat them as I'm driving. Have you, put, have you ever put Cheerios on a sandwich? <laughs> no, I, no, I've never done that. I mean, I'm, you, I'm whacked out. I'm not that bad. Are you the kind of guy who? Crushes up Cheerios and sprinkles them on your popcorn and stuff. No, no. You no. sure? No, okay. I'm sure about that. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm just checking, man. Because right. the longer I get to know you, the weirder you've gotten. So yeah, <laughs> I am weird. That's true. All right, uh, Eagles question for you. Yes. The Patriots blitzed Jalen pretty heavy in that game. I I wonder how much we're going to see. Flores, who we talked about a little bit earlier, being a disciple disciple of uh, of Belichick, is going to do it as well. And what I also am curious to see, Derek, is uh, an underrated storyline from Sunday's game is yeah. Eagles offensive line wasn't great. No, it wasn't. I want to see Lane get so back to Lane form. I want to see my – your tackles were eh. I want to see those two guys get back to the level we think they can play. I, I agree, Rob. And, and if, if I'm Brian Flores – I'm putting heat on, on Hertz. I'm not going to let him stand back there. You got to put heat on Hertz, which means you're going to put your wide receivers on the island. We heard Adam Kaplan talk about how the Vikings secondary is not that great. But I've got to, with the risk, I'm hoping there's some type of reward. And with that risk, I've got to send extra tackers, blindside tackers at Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. I cannot let that man just stand back there and pick us apart. Because it won't be a game, won't be much of a game if I allow him to do that. Yeah, I, I look. Listen, I hear you, and I, and I think 
again, I go back to week one last year and I didn't think the offensive line looked particularly good and, and they were able to get their, their, their act together. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing that you, you were going to watch out for, I believe they will try to establish Goddard, <clears throat> excuse me, early and often in this game. Um, I look for him to, to be a big part of this thing. I would not be surprised if, if the first, uh, the first pass that takes flight is in the direction of Goddard just to get him in the flow and to give the Vikings defense something to think about. Um, you know, you look at it on film and, and you're thinking, wow, they didn't go to Goddard. They didn't go to Goddard. Mm-hmm. And if I'm if I'm Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson, all right, first pair, p- pass out in the flags uh, to Dallas Goddard to get this get this thing going. Then you you go into all these other options you have. Yeah. I, I think the other thing that I would do, Derek, and I don't I, again, I don't know if um Gainwell's gonna play or not, whatever. I'm getting a nice little mix of Penny and Swift early too, to the Vikings. Yes, yes, I agree. You got a little, little you know, thunder and lightning there, if you will. I want to, I want to see what Penny can do behind this line, and I want to see Swift get more touches, even on outside runs. I want to see him get more touches as well as swing passes, hitch passes, screen passes. I need to see more. You brought him in here for a reason. You got him at a bargain basement price. Utilize him now. Get the dude in yeah. space. Let him, yeah. let him, let him create. I mean, that's what he does. That's what he does best. I think, look, I, again, I, like we talk about the players didn't play up to their capabilities. I don't think the coaches schemed it up or coached up to their capabilities too. And I think there's a lot of reflection that's going on collectively, you know, yep. with this team yep. heading into the Vikings game. I, I truly oh. believe that. I think you're going to see a much different approach here with these guys. They better. It, you better. It's 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 the home opener. Um, you hear you hear the scuttlebutt about uh, from the outside looking at. Hey, this didn't look like the Eagles team I thought it would look like. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's a pride factor involved, and from within, as they look look at the film and the coaches, you know, point out things that we did not do and mistakes that we made, and, and where we could have really gouged an opponent. I guarantee I, I, they're going to be more focused, more meticulous. I hope. Yeah. This game yeah. coming up. Yeah, and I think some of it is only natural when you don't play much in the preseason. Everybody, most teams are going through it now. Dallas and San Fran, a couple of the teams look like they hit it running, but for the most part, I guarantee you, if we if we really looked and dug in with other teams like we do with the Eagles, yeah, you know, there you would see a lot of that kind of stuff. It's just the, the nature of the beast now with the way that the NFL is. So th- there are a couple things that I would be looking for going into this game. You go to the other side here. Um, you know, I don't know. I'd have to. Did you feel like Desai was aggressive, or was he? It didn't really strike you one way or the other. Um, I thought he was aggressive. I just thought they didn't get to Mac Jones enough, yeah. and that was. And give credit where credit is due. Mac Jones was able to sidestep where the pressure was coming from, right. and in my time, looked down the field, made some big throws. Um, but I thought he was aggressive enough, um, and obviously he ramped it up a little bit in the fourth quarter when the Patriots were driving a couple of times for what could have been go-ahead scores. Mm-hmm. So I had no problem with his overall aggressiveness for a guy um, who basically said he's not going to blitz. I, he doesn't believe in blitzing much more than, than again did. I believe it's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. And so we're thinking, oh, no, not again. But I, I thought I thought he came after him a, 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 enough for my satisfaction. Yeah, I mean, look, he he's a, he's a Fangio disciple. He is a believer in not giving up the big play. And the Eagles organizationally are, are of that belief. Here, you know, the, the really the fundamental part of this thing is, Derek, if you believe that your defensive line can get home without help, 
Yes. You're going to send your defensive line and their defensive line got to the quarterback a lot last year without any kind of help. So, you know, that's, they're going to keep going down that road. You didn't pay this defensive line that kind of money or invest in high draft picks like that without believing in them. So I, I think that's a, a little bit, and that doesn't mean you can't mix things in sometimes you certainly can. Well, see, I, I, I brought, I brought this up on our post game show Sunday because uh, I forgot who it was mentioned about decide being a disciple of Vic Fangio. And, and, I, and I equated it to this. You can be a disciple of anybody you want to be, but trying to do it like they do is another task. I could be a disciple of a Seth Joyner trying to play linebacker, sure. but I know I'm never going to play linebacker like Seth Joyner played. Yeah. Okay. So all of these guys who are so-called disciples of, of Vic Fangio, um, it's one thing to watch him do it. It's another thing to do it when you have it on your own. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if Desai is there yet. Yeah. I don't even know right now what it takes to get to that level. And nor do I know if he's if he's comfortable with the personnel that he has to do what he wants to do in a That's lot of That's a great point. You know what I mean? Yep. Think That's about it. Point. He might not have the personnel to do what he wants to do. No, I agree with you. Um, all right, we're out of time, my friend. Uh hey, man, me off. I was on a roll, man. We gotta go. You can stay, you can keep going. There's no, no problem. I'm done. I'm done. All right, we gotta roll. But uh, of course, as always, want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone, thank you, my man, for producing the program. Thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. You guys are the best. Don't go anywhere. We got three hours coming your way. The national football show coming your way with Dan Cilio. That is Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. Thanks for hanging, everybody. We'll see you same time tomorrow. Appreciate it. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.